Any son of a bitch takes a shot at me, not only gonna kill him, I'm gonna kill his wife. And all his friends. Burn his Gun. damn house down. And the panel is Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and you're listening to episode 90. And like always, I'm joined here with uh, Chris and Solbro. Guys, say hello to all those people out there in podcast land. What up, gang? Hi. DK, where, where's Chris? It's dangerous here. There's mobile suits. There's mobile suits in Miami. When did this happen? Let me, let me quickly go to the news. What is, what's going on there, DK? I mean, this alien, it's scary. You want my mommy. Where's Chris then? Isn't he there to protect you? Let's see, I'm gonna go crap my pants. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> oh my god. Make sure to keep your head adjusted. Man, DK, huh? <laughs> yeah, like wouldn't re- you know? Was he staying over, or uh, do, you, do your parents know his parents or something? And, you know, like they went on a yeah, trip? The front door was just open. <laughs> Really? Looking for toast, huh? Flint <laughs> had toast, and I want some, too. Will you make some toast for me, Mrs. Guanche? Oh. I'm sure she will. <laughs> <laughs> who's, this little, who's this little dumb kid with one eye? Yes, this is episode 90, and uh, this episode, it's going to be, uh, we're going to be doing two topics, kind of like always, and the uh, first one's going to be the second uh, Macross Frontier movie. And after that, we'll be doing our quarterly catch-up of the mailbag. <laughs> so uh, before we begin uh, into those, we'll be going into um, some news. And this is coming from the Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Mechatalk Forum. And the first one comes from uh, Vent Noir. And uh, this is a little serious one. And I don't know. I think Dr. Phil, we need him on this one. And this is coming from Blaster.com. I guess some Star Wars fan is convicted of killing his wife after she smashed his toys. And it's uh, some British guy. And uh, he went into a homicidal rage after his wife tried to make his life hell by destroying his beloved Star Wars memorabilia. According to the Mirror, 30-year-old Ricky Latouche, or Latouche, uh, is guilty of choking his wife. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say her name. Um, I don't even know how. It's a, just a bunch of consonants and stuff. <laughs> uh, to death as she pummeled his Star Wars collection of his Star Wars memorabilia, which he'd been building since he was a boy and wor- was worth thousands of pounds. Oh, she's uh, she's a Thailand ban- uh, wife, born wife that he met in a bar- Bangkok bar ten years ago. <laughs> So this thing is, uh, he's he did plead guilty to manslaughter and sentenced to a minimum of 12 years in prison. Okay. What I'm going to say on this is uh, people out there, they're just friggin' toys. No matter how hard they were get to, to get and things like that, these things are not worth killing other people or burning people's homes down or anything like that. I mean, I wish Dr. Phil was here so he could do some, you know, <laughs> talk some sense into you. They're just toys. But um, 
I mean, this is just bizarre. I mean, the only things that, the only reason why you should kill is to protect yourself, protect your family, or protect America. Those are the three things you kill for, not for freaking Job of the Hut or your Millennium Falcon. I mean, this is just disturbing. So that's right. Don't 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 kill for Jack Porkins. Don't kill for him. No, I mean, the, well, I mean, is, clearly this guy's disturbed. It could have yeah, easily been like a coin collection, and and you know, oh, I understand. Like this, he could have gone nuts. Oh, you killed my. Well, I mean, I mean, but the, but the point of the whole thing is, is if you're obsessed with, I mean, get some other interests. I mean, these are just items. Well, when you reach that level of obsession, it's not yeah. just finding other interests. It's getting professional help. It's yeah, like, that it's like, too. It's like what the Joker said. Don't don't rub another man's rhubarb, man. Don't do it. <laughs> Ridiculous. She, she the, did it. People with these crazy obsessions. And uh, if, if you see people like this, you should ha- get them help. Because they should be, it should be killing or burning things down because uh, of uh, stupid things like this. It's just plastic. It's Do just stuff that. that can be replaced. You know, so I guess people. He no, just it's put, not. He, it's in the original packaging. You can't find this. <laughs> Wow, uh, I, I guess the, the, that guy never really dealt with real loss. Well, he's going to be dealing with the loss of his anal virginity pretty soon. So. No doubt, and swiftly too. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. And, and for depressing everything. Yeah, exactly. And Taking the news off in fine fashion. Uh, next one here is from Nasty Nate, and there's going to be a Gundam Unicorn PS3 game that's going to be developed from uh, from software, and it's going to come out sometime in 2012. So it's going to be based on the first three chapters of um, the uh, for Banana, Marita, and Frontal. So uh, it's if you go to his link here, it's from AdriaSang.com, and they talk a little bit about the game. So um, definitely which check we'll, that. Which we'll never get over here. Yeah, because it doesn't have Dynasty Warriors in the title. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all you uh, all you folks that are um, big into Gundam Unicorn and um, you know, let's check that out. And thank you, Mister Nasty Nate, for your submission. But if it did come out here, would you think it would be as big of a hit as the unparalleled success of Mobile Ops? The Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, yes. I think anything could be better than that. <laughs> Things bigger than one year old. Oh my god, you caught me while I'm drinking water. The the hit so big you can't even find it anywhere. The hit so big that what two people did the demo was Soul Bro and some other listener. I remember somebody saying, That's right, Modern Warfare, eat your heart out. That's right. (laughs) Infinity Ward ain't got nothing on me. Ain't got shit on me. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. And next one here is from Raptor, and this is—he's uh, got a couple of links, but he's got a list here. So all you uh, gun gunpla collectors out there, there's some great stuff coming out for 2012. Things you've never seen before, like the Master Grade Dual Assault Shroud. Never seen that before. Uh, <laughs> the Master Grades of the Age One Normal, the Titus, and the Sparrow are coming out some uh, February, March, and April. Uh, Master Grade Gaffrin sometime in April. Full Grade or Master Grade Full Armor Unicorn with base jabber parts is December. Uh, the real grade Sky Grasper with launcher and s- uh, sword packs. High grade UC Banshee Destroy Mode. High grade Banshee Unicorn Mode. Uh, high grade UC Jugga. And Master Grade Heavy Arms Gundam Endless Walls. So um, definitely some stuff coming out there for all the collectors. So um, Mr. Rector, thank you for your submission. And the next article here comes from, I've never seen this um, poster before, Turn A Binker. And uh, there's some great News coming out for all you fans of Gundam Unicorn. Episode five is going to be. He's got a scan here from a Japanese magazine. It looks like the new type uh, coming in May of 2012. So can't can't wait to get on those hits. 
Um, but we'll have to watch episode four yet. So I'm sure it's going to keep on doing what it was doing. So uh, thank you, Mr. Turn A. Binker, for your uh, submission here. Hey, Bobby, and- that Gundam, they're dangerous. <laughs> DK's back. Oh, snap. Well, they stink. They're bad. They stink. They're all oily and they smell like machinery, which is stinky and bad. <laughs> he's, he's multiplying. He's everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that submission. Next one comes from uh, Vent Noir again. I guess he got paroled because he's doing a lot of, he's got a lot of time on his hands. He <laughs> probably served a sentence and they got him out there in, in the real world to do some things. And uh, last episode, yeah, we t- posting crap about Japanese robots. Exactly. <laughs> some stupid forum. Well, he, um, last episode, we talked about the live action Yamato movie. And now it's been confirmed, this is coming from the Anime News Network, that uh, Space Battleship Yamato 2190 anime project is going to be um, done in uh, 2012. So it's uh, definitely be looking out for that. So that's always good to have new, new Yamato. And thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for that submission. And uh, next one here is from Bloody Night. And if you go... And he's got a link from Gundam, uh, from Anime News Network, and it's showing the Gundam Age Second Generation Age Two. So it's uh, definitely it's going to be a one one hundred scale in the Builder Series model figures, and it's showing the Gundam Age Two. So um, it's my that's, mobile suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Like, it, looks, it looks a little Zeta-esque, man. I, I'm liking the design, and um, it makes me wonder if the uh, the leaked um, picture of uh, the the H3 is going to be uh, also the de facto design too when they when they finally roll out the official news on that. I think DK would be in a mobile armor. DK oh, yeah. launching baby carriage mobile armor. <laughs> no, DK would be in a ball. You know it. And get kicked around <laughs> by Gaffrins back and forth. So, uh, thank you, Mr. Bloody Knight, for your submission there. He's reinventing the role of sidekick. And this one's kind of cool. This is from Anubis, and it's from the Nido Rama um, website. And some guy made a eight-foot-tall papercraft or seven-foot-tall papercraft Gundam of the Mark II. And uh, the picture is kind of cool. It's pretty good detail. And the poor girl disturbingly sitting next or standing next to it with her foot raised. (laughs) It's even funnier. But uh, it's a uh, papercraft Gundam that's seven feet tall. was constructed out of 150 parts printed from 720 sheets with a total weight of 10 pounds. So um, I guess that explains why uh, Emma died so quickly at the end of Zeta. She had the, the papercraft armor on that one. So all that space madness. But um, thank you, Mr. Anubis, for your submission there. And Keep America uh, strong. Keep America strong. <laughs> I, I like the. I, I read the de- article. De- definitely, definitely built on the lowest bidder on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I read the article on this uh, on the cat that made it, and um, it, it's really an impressive piece of cat work, man. Made and no, a cat yeah. made that? Yeah, yeah, literally, that's even, literally, that's a, a, that's incredible. A, a, literally a cat with with, with, with paws no pose, and everything. No posable thumbs. How did you? Indeed. Uh, anyway, the dude that made the suit. Um, it, I read the article on him. Apparently, uh, he's been doing this for a long time, and he made one of uh, Voltron when he was younger, but his dad didn't want him to keep it in the garage. So when his dad set it outside, it rained, and it got destroyed. <laughs> and I, I was like, man, it's pretty impressive to make something like that. I would love to have so, I would love to have that Mark II in my office, man. That that thing looks really cool. But um, maybe you can make uh, some kind of uh, some kind of uh, profit off of that if he uh, makes those for people. Who knows? Maybe not. Well, would you buy it from him? I, you know, if I had extra money to throw around, I, I probably would. If it, you know, just as a little nice decor for my office, yeah, I, I would, I would get that. Be cool. Okay. 
Just don't leave it out in the rain. No doubt. Thank you, Mr. Anubis, for your submission there. Next one comes from uh, Dolo here, and this is uh, from uh, YouTube, actually. It's just a it's just a little quick commercial, but this kind of goes in what we're talking about a few episodes ago. Um, uh, Bubblecom Crisis Tokyo 2040 is returning on DVD on November 29th. So uh, all the fans of that, definitely check that out. I don't, have you, either one of you guys ever watched 2040? I've just seen the, the first three or four episodes. Chris? I have not, as I mentioned in the crisis segment we did a while back. Oh, yeah. I, I must have been drunk during that time. So. Indeed. As opposed to the rest of the time? <laughs> Just that time. But uh, thank you, Dolo, for your submission there. And there, this next one is coming from Mar- M121 Akuma. I wonder if they like Street Fighter. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe they just uh, like doubles. Who knows? Street Fighter? <laughs> Street Fighter? Can... Uh, but this is game news. This is game news that doesn't deal with Street Fighter. Thank God. Oh, uh, this oh, is so Andres. Yeah, I don't even want to listen to this. Uh, there is. <laughs> There's a game called Great Battle Full Blast and, Do- and Battle Dodgeball Three. That's gonna. It's little PSP game, and um, it's just one of those little fun games with crossovers. Gundam and Ultraman and Kami Rider are all in it. So, um, you know, people that are interested in that type of stuff, definitely check that out. So, Tokusatsu thank you. Fa- Tokusatsu fans are going to be popping off, man. That's crazy. There you go. Thank you for your submission there. And the last one here comes from uh, Gundam Type Zero. And this comes from the Akihabara News. And I guess the Japanese, they want to make everything robotic. They're even now making a robotic guide dog was at the International Robot Exposition. So I guess the only good thing about a robotic guide dog is you don't have to take them outside to go poo and stuff. (laughs) But not too good when you're uh, feeling blue. And I don't know if I'd want a mechanical tongue licking me on the face. So, uh, but it's, uh, he's got wheels, so he's a, he's a wheeled robot. So he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like a nightmare frame, (laughs) but it's pretty cool. They got a picture of him showing, going up some steps and stuff. So, um, I'm sure, uh, just by the, the, the fear, the, the mere showing of this, that means that, uh, sex roy production will probably commence in a few years. So, uh, it's just their way of, uh, putting, putting some smoke up to cover their true intentions, sex with robots. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you, Mr. Gundam Type Zero, for your submission. And uh, just like what we did, and thank you, everyone, for your submis- submissions. And if you have anything, you always go to the newest News Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Mecha Talk forum in the Gundam section. And just like we did a couple episodes ago, uh, the mailbag will be at the end of this episode, but not really, because in this one, we're going to be devoting a whole segment to mailbag ketchup. So if there's anything else before we move on to looking about at mailbag mustard, mailbag mustard. <laughs> With that, we'll be going into our first segment. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. We have a problem. We need to set up a perimeter. Who is this? Isn't this the coach of the baseball team? No, you have the wrong number. This is Shirley Douglas's residence. Really? Yes, I should know. She's my mother. Your mother? You still live with your mother? How old are you? I'm hanging up now. Kiefer, who was that? Come Damn it, Mom! I told you to knock before you come in! Ah! 
Hey guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost. And I am Kevin Gray, also known as the Business and the LLC. And we are Method to Madness, a weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games. Yes. And other otaku subjects. That That is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up and sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes. With whiskey. <laughs> this is so stupid, but awesome. That's why this is going to be great. Oh. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh, wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Hey, man, is that Gundam? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> Let's keep going. Just roll with it, man. Roll with it. Oh, God. Do it for DK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going on? <laughs> Get out of here and think your franchise. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Oh. Welcome back, gang, to Gundam at MAHQ. This is <laughs> this is so boring. I'm like herpes. Once you catch me, I never leave. Oh. DK, we just can't we just can't get rid of him, man. He's worse than troll. I can't believe this. <laughs> oh, troll, scary. You, why do you look like space rerun from what's happening? I'm not black. I'm like pink. Oh. He still got that terrible hat. Why is it always gonna come down the race, soul, bro? Oh. Always, always. It don't matter if it's the future. <laughs> New types and humans are fighting. That's that's what's up. But anyway, um, we're back, and uh, in this segment, we're going to be reviewing uh, the long-awaited second movie of Macross Frontier. That's right. And uh, in uh, this movie here, um, it pretty much picks up where the last one left off, as you would expect. Um, Cheryl is uh, basically, we, we find out more about pretty much the mission that she's on along with, uh, with Grace and... Um, the galaxy, uh, the Macross Galaxy uh, 
conspirators, and uh, she is uh, a part of the conspiracy to uh, to, to raise a queue on the Macross frontier. But there's some things that are different this time around in this movie. Uh, some, I'd say, pretty much everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the coup doesn't go off quite as smoothly as it did in the show, and um, no, they, the coup is a. Uh, is it stopped by old our old friend Leon Mishima? You know our, uh, the the the, uh, the the most uncoolest dude in the Macross franchise. <laughs> Penis cut supreme. Penis cut supreme. The old dickhead. But <laughs> well, he's he, he he he's like he's the brother of that dude from the Desco that shot a guy guy get that goji. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the they got the, the, they got the same dickheaded haircut. They so. do, and that's how you knew he was fool. That's how you knew he was trash from the get go. But yeah, uh, he uh, he pretty much stops uh, Grace's coup. But then they take over. Or they so take he over, thinks. Or so he thinks. <laughs> but then he uh, he takes over pretty much what they uh, what what the galaxy uh, conspirators were going to uh, to do, which is to find a way to control the Vajra, and they they finally do it. Um, but uh, also in the film, uh, uh, Alto and Cheryl and uh, Ronka, their uh, love triangle continues. And things develop between them. Uh, I, I guess the uh, the divisions between friend and lover become more clear as the movie goes along. And although although it, this movie seems to 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 make their bonds a whole lot tighter than the show, uh, you know, it, it, it pretty much runs its course to a uh, to a final decision towards the end of the film. There's All I need to know is that Alto he makes a choice and he makes the good choice. Oh, he does. Hey, yeah, we, just 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 like but the, too uh, late the, to do anything with it. Yeah, <laughs> just just like the uh, the knight said in the third Indiana Jones, he chose well. There's a uh, there's battles, there's surfing, there's singing, there's a jailbreak, and it is just uh, for the most part all around awesome. And uh, we'll get into the details as I uh, pass the mic to Chris to give his opinion of the film. You know, uh, obviously, as we talked about in the first movie, there were a lot of things that were different. And there were even some things that were the same, like the same animation, but now in a different context. And, you know, so it's kind of an interesting mix of like a sort of a derelish thing of things that you recognize, but also things that are new. Right. But this movie goes in a completely different direction. And, I mean, there's only like maybe a few frames of animation that came from the TV show. Yeah. Like 1%. <laughs> yeah. Less than 1%. I mean, literally almost everything in these two hours is brand new footage, which I like because I like them going in a different direction and mm-hmm. doing uh, different things with the story so it's not just some lame compilation. So, things that I liked. Um, it was nice to see the the scale of SMS and see some, uh, some more Macross quarter ships come in and help, including... Um, a certain VF-19 piloted by Isamu Dyson. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was cool to see that. Yeah, although it would have been interesting uh, to see what he looks like now in his 40s and in the frontier design style. Well, maybe he's got, um, maybe he's he goes to the same, uh, drinks from the same stuff that Captain Max did, so he probably still looks like he's, uh, you know, 21. Probably. So that was, that was good to see. Although... Really, that whole fleet didn't do anything in the final battle, but I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. It was good to see Alto make a choice instead of just being wimpy. He seems to be more decisive. He's much more assertive. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like having the galaxy conspirators play more of a role because they seemed pretty marginal in the TV show, and it was mostly just Grace. Mm-hmm. But then they flipped it around, and then we see Grace was not actually bad. She just had one of these things inside of her controlling her. Yeah, yeah. They made her much more sympathetic character in this in this yeah. one. She didn't seem to be using uh, Cheryl like a tool, 
as much as she actually cared about uh, Cheryl and her well-being. So that was more evident in the movies. Yeah, so she she got redeemed, which I guess is good. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else did I like. Um, the the lovely bomber cameo was kind of amusing. Yes, it was. Although mm. I think they kind of dropped the ball a little bit because if you have all of these chumps dressed up like. Uh, Firebomber. Uh, Michael dressed up as Basara, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Little Clan dressed up as Mylene, and Canaria dressed up as Vafitas, mm-hmm. and they're there as Lovely Bomber. Why didn't they do a Firebomber cover song? And, when, and where's Ray? <laughs> he, got, he got left out because he's blocked. Because he's old. <laughs> poor, poor Ray. <laughs> I guess they couldn't find a Ray. Is, is that to, is that to make it truly a parody so Firebomber can't sue them? I suppose Maybe. so. <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, it would have been nice if they did, you know, Totsugeki yeah. Love Hard or some kind of cover just for for fun because yeah, they're already not? for that. Especially since the movie has um music from uh the original Macross in there. If you listen to the score, um, you'll hear little hints from uh the original Macross series and some of the score mm-hmm. of the of the actual movie. It wouldn't have been nothing for them to 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 do a cover of a Firebomber song, and it would have added another element from a past. Uh, Macross show besides visually musically it would have been there too that's that's a small thing also I guess it was good that Michael got a uh, yeah the jail card in this uh, in this yeah. movie because boy did he go out bad in the TV show yeah well everybody got um, everybody had plot armor fully extended on the good side <laughs> It's 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 a pretty bad death when you get impaled by some alien and then get sucked out into zero g space into a yeah. vacuum. Like, what's gonna kill you faster, the uh, the lack of air or the giant um, yeah. you know protrusion sticking through your gut? Man, <laughs> and we got we got Ozma twice in this one because Ozma t- Ozma there was the almost oh he's dead no he's not and then uh, Solbro's man Luca was like wow this guy's gonna drift <laughs> off into space. But suddenly he got he got saved miraculously. You yeah, know? you know that's one thing I don't like. There's a little too much almost death in this. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's... Ozma's dead, or look, Cheryl got sucked into space halfway through the movie, or yeah. you know, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Luca got his line cut and was going to be drifting off into nowhere. I I I thought that was going to be like uh, I thought Ashley was going to take place. I thought Luca was done for. It was going to be like the trade for letting Michael live and yeah. Luca was going to be murdered. I and thought it, so too. And it was such a Sopranos type thing too. It's like, man, you know, um <laughs> Leon, like, hey, Leon, you use uh, better watch where you're stepping out in space. It's so uh it's so vast, you know. It's so easy to get lost. And, uh, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. Oh, exactly. I, I, I didn't see him today. He didn't come in. Yeah, hey, that guy, no, I know. I was just minding my I business out in Zero I G. I ain't, I ain't seen that kid. I don't know that mook there. I was in Section 49. What are you talking about? Oh. I don't know nothing about no cut lines. Yeah. Oh. I'm in, uh, uh, you know, waste disposal, you know. I, was guy. I didn't come in today. <laughs> Somebody got disposed. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree with you. The uh, the almost deaths were like it, it was just starting to get a little ridiculous. But you know, yeah. what do you? Another yeah. thing that's that's ridiculous. I know that uh, Island One is based in large part off of San Francisco, mm-hmm. as evident by you know the the hills and the um, Alcatraz. Yeah, Alcatraz. Yeah, I was gonna get to that. The uh, you know the cable cars advertising uh, Rice King. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and all that fun stuff. And, and I think there's even a Lombard Street in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, isn't it just a little bit too much to actually recreate Alcatraz? And, and, and use it as a functional prison? <laughs> and to actually use it as a functional prison? Yeah, I... Isn't it just a little bit ridiculous that in the late 21st century, you'd be locking up people in a rep- an exact replica down to like the grime and the rust and the dirtiness oh, yeah. of some early 20th century prison that was in turn based on a Civil War era fortress and uses 20 early 20th century security measures. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I, it was it was all for the style, and I'm, I'm with that. But yeah, you're right. Especially if supposedly she, uh, Cheryl, you know, committed treason. She, you know, somebody like that, you would want in a maximum security type of deal, not with you know some some little. Especially old... not in a prison that's that's more than a century and a half yeah. out of date. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could see if they recreated Alcatraz in island one to have it as a tourist attraction yeah. yeah but if you actually intended to use it as a prison why not make it advanced and 21st century on the inside yeah i just i saw that and i was like oh boy maybe this is old-fashioned <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. old i guess i guess uh shoji kalamori went to uh, san francisco during his um vacation i guess so uh, another thing, as I mentioned, when all of those other quarters show up, they don't really seem to help turn the tide of the battle at all. <laughs> they didn't do anything. They just fired that one blast at the end, and that's it. They must be bananas commanding them. <laughs> I guess so. And that whole thing of the battle frontier doing a gatai with the Vajra Queen and looking into this like weird demonic thing, to me, didn't quite work as well as uh, having Battle Galaxy be evil and having these two Macrosses fight each other like in the TV show. I thought that was a much better final battle. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a little weird. That whole thing with the, the Vajra Queen was just a little bizarre. All, yeah. all the little icons and the and the test tubes and stuff. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> also, um, one of the central issues that that comes up with a lot of people for this movie is the introduction of the YF twenty nine Durandal, mm-hmm. right? Which obviously we know is just to have another model kit to sell since Bandai is doing the model kits. Just like how in the first movie they added the tornado pack for no reason other than to sell you something new crap. <laughs> hmm. So here's the thing about the Durandal. Mm-hmm. It's completely useless. Yeah, it really is. Like, even the Double O Quanta got to do a little bit more in the Double O movie than this thing did. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You know, they talk about when they intro- when Ozma's introducing and he's like, oh, it's, you know, based on all of this combat data from fighting the Vajra and has all this anti-Vajra technology, yada, yada, yada. So if that's the case and this is a brand new, hot off the uh, assembly line prototype, why the heck are you giving it to this chump kid? <laughs> Yeah, why wouldn't Ozma get it? The more yeah, experienced exactly. pilot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's the veteran and he's the commander of the team. Why yeah. would some chump kid underneath him who's like 15 get the shiny new thing? I don't know. I, I can't and, answer and really, that question. And, 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 and really not do much with it. No that way. issue aside, we never get to see what his capabilities are aside from just regular shooting. And I think in one instance, it fires that back cannon that it has. Yeah. But I see nothing at all that it does in that movie that indicates what's supposed to be special about it yeah it didn't really turn the tide of anything you know, it's, it's also just... kind of weird looking with its nervosh color scheme yeah yeah it, yeah uh, i didn't like the color scheme of it all that much to be honest with you and, i've uh... seen people do repaints and the repaints look a lot nicer mm-hmm. i mean the nervosh has a pretty cool color scheme but it just doesn't doesn't Dude. fit on this valkyrie yeah 
And speaking of Nervosh, when did uh, the the uh, quarter become uh, part of uh, the Eureka Seven? Eureka. Surfing on <laughs> trapper waves. Yeah. All of a sudden, and all of a sudden now, um, you know, we got like a Space Kelly Slater at the helm. You no know, God, no. Man, you know, when, got some great waves out here, man. When Let's they do it. When they showed him earlier surfing, man, it tickled me pink, man. It's like they ripped him straight from the intro for Hawaii Five O. <laughs> you know, as objectively stupid as the concept of that is, that mm-hmm. you know, you have this transforming robot fortress to begin with. Yeah. But then on top of that, that it has some like one-to-one action surfboard mechanism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as dumb as all of that is, and accepting that that's all completely retarded, right? it was still cool to see. Oh, it, yeah. it, it not was. saying it wasn't cool to see. I'm just saying. It's like, when did this become Eureka 7? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, uh, then the uh, what is it, the Gurren Lagann-like uh, um, cannon shots? It's like, oh, now everybody's doing the twisted cannon shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess they picked up a picked up a little technology from that, but no, it, it just added a little bit of, of whimsy, like like you would see in um, Macross Seven um, in, in, in this, where where you know the, that whole surfing scene, it just it got me hype. I, I don't know what what, what it was, it was about cool. it, but just it was out of it was out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. <out of> it. <laughs> and then you speaking got this of, guy. of that uh, surfing scene, the mm-hmm. first one when it's just Wilder surfing on his own during oh, yeah. that whole scene of them just like lounging around and fan servicey on this beach. Mm-hmm. It's amusing to see how what's her name that that bridge bunny who's got the hots for him like dogging him at every step of the way. Oh yeah, and and practically yeah. drooling on him. He was beach pimping. <laughs> Man, that chick's got it real bad for older dudes. Oh yeah, man. I, I'm hope I hope they do hook up, man. That, that Jeffrey Wilder, man. That is the captain. He didn't say much, but when he spoke, man, everybody listened. Yeah, he said, <laughs> he, he said more in this he, movie than he did in the whole, the whole show. <laughs> when when he surfed, everyone watched. No doubt. Exactly. <laughs> when that man's on the when when that man is on the bridge and he's in surfing stance, he's mm-hmm. it's like and then the, and then the uh, what is it this, the um, the 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 uh, captain's wheel comes out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> that dude was just spinning that shit. I, th- I think I think that made Bobby a little jealous. I, that kind of made me think of uh, Star Trek Insurrection when this mm-hmm. like freaking <laughs> flight sim joystick comes out <laughs> on the Enterprise and Riker starts using it to fly the ship around. Oh my god! Except it worked in this point, right? <laughs> yes, it did. Except it worked this time. <laughs> Man, uh, what else? Oh, uh, I noticed that uh, in the trade-off for getting Michael living, that mm-hmm. Brera gets blown away. If you guys notice that, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and he's much more evil in this one too. Like he is, but as we find out, it's because yeah, it's implant. He's, yeah, he's got that little implant thing. So little hair clip. You know, I guess it makes more sense then that uh, here they're using these implants to control people and that they use those same things to control yeah. the Vajra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that was a that was a pretty good change in the story. Um, it's a lot of new music here and just like the first movie, they, they definitely go overboard in the concert scenes like with all these crazy holograms and you know, when Ronka's yeah. first concert, all these like little holographic versions of her. Yeah. It, it, exactly, they 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 went the extra mile this time around. Yeah. Although Cheryl's concert was kind of weird, where she has this like male version of herself. <laughs> yeah, it was a little feeling weird. her up. Like that's yeah. just a little odd looking. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just a little uh, out there. But then again, in the first movie, she had you know like a vampire version of herself biting, biting herself. Her neck. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. So much, much better than having multiple Ronkas on screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't like Ronka, then that's not a good scene for you. Ooh. Yeah, and if you don't like Ronka, you'll definitely not like her in this one. So. Yeah. Still, still, she didn't redeem herself not once this whole film. No, she's still. I actually found her more likable in this movie than I did in uh, in the TV show because yeah. in the TV show, when it comes to the whole issue of the love triangle, mm-hmm. you know, in the TV show, she's just got the hots for Alto because he's a pretty boy. Yeah, and she's young. She doesn't really understand him. You know, she's just caught up in her own feelings as a young girl, whereas Cheryl's very different. You know, she understands, you know, what Alto's dreams are, and she tries to help him, and she tries to actually connect with him. Yeah. And with Ronka, I never get the impression it's anything more than just schoolgirl crush. Yeah, but in the, in the movie, it's, it's, it's a completely different animal. I don't know yeah, if she it's seems, different. She seems a bit more mature. Yeah. Obviously, there's a difference that, you know, her and Alto are already friends at the beginning of the story yeah. rather than just meeting. They have history in, in the movie series as opposed to the TV show where they just met. And um, I although- still will not sanction it. <laughs> I will not change my mind. By by far, Ronka, she, she, Ronka. she's a she's a tenth of a thousandth of a million trillionth percent less is annoying. That, is that true? <laughs> but I I still wanted to put a bullet in my head every time she showed up, uh, especially now- with the uh, especially with the concert of multiple Rankas. I'm like, oh my god, it's spreading. That was a, that was a cool scene, man. That, that song is awesome, man. I, I, I like I said, I always liked Ronka, and I like her expe- un- unbelievably more in the films. I think she she really stands out as a much better character, even movie. more so in the first film. The first yeah, film, she the, sucked too. No, she didn't. She was she was just fine in the first film. She horrible. was. I'm in horrible. the last review we reviewed for the, horrible, for the first film. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I, I made that these comment. Are, so these are the. <laughs> This is this is really what makes the movie terrible. Hey, hey damn. And, and <laughs> okay, so what did you guys think? There was this one scene that's really very cliche mm-hmm. of finding out that Alto and Cheryl had a childhood encounter that had a huge impact on one, but that the other completely forgot about. Yeah, when uh, back back when Alto was Daddy's seemed little girl, a, seemed a little <laughs> seemed a little forced. It seemed a little forced, but I, I will say that, you know, uh, like little tiny Cheryl was very adorable. Yes, yes. With that well, little dress of hers compared to being like um, poor street Cheryl yeah, <laughs> that we saw at that age in the TV show. Yeah, I mean, that was not, it was nicer to see like, like she's already been cleaned up as a little, she was, she's, <laughs> no she, she already left Judo and the Junkyard Kids. Nice. She, she, she wasn't in the, in, in the mode of, please, sir, may I have I'm some gonna... more? <laughs> no longer street urchin Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. Tiny, tiny Tim Cheryl. Or even Tinny ro- Tim Cheryl. <laughs> rolling with the artful Dodger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, it, it, yeah, it was a little forced, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a, it was a cute little episode, or, you know, a cute little scene. Yeah. And, um, I- it, it it was cliche, and, and and it and it felt it it fit the the movie, you know, because yeah. the movie was going for kind of the over the top, kind of outrageous, really, you know, bright and colorful thing. There really wasn't too much, even with you know the death and destruction. There was, you know, there was there was some killing, and and mm-hmm. it was nice to see, <laughs> it was nice to see Leah get a bullet in the head. Woo! That that junk was hilarious, but that man got gearyed. <laughs> although I guess uh, if you're if you're Kathy's dad, you're destined you to die by the no, bullets. You can't win. Well, it, 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 I can't win. It was it it was less shocking in this one because it wasn't really Soprano style in this no. one, where it was like, oh, down the tunnel. Oh, who are these guys? <laughs> hey, yous. 
<laughs> you're not leaving here. Hey, hey uh, Mr. President, your uh, your term has been suspended. <laughs> he knows what I mean. <laughs> We're impeaching you with lead. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was it was neat to see that Leon and the president were t- were boys to the end. <laughs> They were running. They were rolling deep with each other. It's like, whoa, although I'm sure whoa. if Leon had the chance, he would have he would have offed him at the first opportunity oh, yeah. once oh, yeah. it came up. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he was <laughs> he was as creepy as he was in the in the uh, television show. Even and more so that that conver- conversation with Luca. Um, <laughs> we I must sum that up. Yeah. That, that brought that right back. It's like, damn, Leon. Speaking of which, forward. they bring mm-hmm. in this angle completely out of nowhere that's never addressed again. It was not even in the TV show. Yeah. That. Uh, Somehow, Luca uh, was raised. He's, he's 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 uh, blackmailing Luca with something relating to his sister. Yeah, yeah. And it's brought up, and it's just as quickly forgotten and barely explained. And that kind of bothered me a bit that they bring up this angle, which sounds like it could be interesting, and it's just there for five seconds and just dropped completely. Well, yeah. speaking of other things that really bothered me is all of a sudden, hey, it's the nuns and the SMS fleets coming to help us. They still haven't said why is there a new UN Spacey. <laughs> just, just a quick little thing. And then why is, you know, why are they using SMS? I, I don't know. It's just it, it's just one of those things. I don't need a whole big, like, explanation of it. But it would be nice if they just said, you know, the maybe the UN UN Spacey reorganized or who knows I, I don't know it's just it's just kind of out of the blue and then like um, like you said uh, Osmo or not uh, um, a Samu is part of SMS when did that happen well you know? it's been almost 20 years since plus so I'm sure with his behavior he had to have been kicked out of the military at some point yeah that's probably true yeah and it's like hey a PMC where I get lots of money and I can screw around as much as I want Yahoo <laughs> But yeah, it's it's we've gone through a television show and then two movies, and they still just haven't said quickly why is there a new new UN Spacey? <laughs> what happened to old UN Spacey? Or or why they suck so much? Yeah, that too. But well, that that's it for me for now uh, of things I have to say. And despite all of the things I listed that that bothered me, I actually did enjoy the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, just that these little things they all just kind of creep up. Yeah. In aggregate, and, and I'd have to agree with you on that too. It's it's the same thing. I mean, it, it in the in the end, it's an enjoyable movie. But yeah, there's still little things that just kind of get introduced, and some things that are just still kind of uh, not explained. But thank God, Alto made a decision, and like we said, he chose wisely. He chose and, wisely, but too late to actually yeah, you know enjoy that anything. decision. Exactly. Yeah, since he goes MIA with yeah. the Majra and, and Cheryl's in a coma. Yeah. How did you like that whole thing with him? Like, uh, hey, Queen, uh, let's get out of here. They're actually not going to hurt you. Why don't we leave your planet that you live on? <laughs> How did you bit... like that ending? A little, little, little strange, but, uh, you know, I've yeah, seen little, worse. A little strange, but um, I definitely with Cheryl at the end being a coma with the possibility of waking up yeah. was much better than the uh, the pretty cheesy thing in the TV show where oh, Ranka just, like, magically moves the freaking... Um, the freaking like Vajra worm thingies from yeah. Cheryl's brain to her stomach. Yeah. It's like magic cure. <laughs> 
just because exactly it, it, this is a the ending of this movie was much better than the tv show i've got to hand that to you not only because of the decisive ending but the fact that it's it, it's a bit more subtle with its uh events of the of the finale and and you know you, you got the hope that you know alta will come back someday and it's only been a month uh since the events of the of the climax that the movie closes out with so you don't know what happens there might be an epilogue over here or another movie uh i, I don't know I, I don't i don't i forget if they said this is this is pretty much the final chapter for uh macross uh, frontier but i don't know you, you know how kawamori is yeah 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 <laughs> he likes to revisit shit that's for sure he, he likes to leave people uh he likes that people mysteriously vanish first first the mega road mm-hmm. mm. then uh then shin then we find out from the refire firebomber album in its notes that basura became a space hobo and was never seen again yeah <laughs> and now alto vanishes so I kind of get the impression that we're never going to get an answer about what happens with Alto definitively. Goddamn. I mean, it, it, yeah, if you never if you never got anything about the Mega Road, I don't think you're going to be getting <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing that uh, Kawamori's worked on that we've gotten any definitive answer about a main character is uh, Macross Plus. Yeah. yeah. You know, Samu doesn't just vanish or his Valkyrie blow up and he crashes somewhere where you don't see him or he gets flipped off into space. He's the only one who that we have some kind of definitive answer that, you know, he won, he got the chick and then he ended up in some PMC 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be Max to live happy, I guess, in the Macross universe. (laughs) But I guess you do have to be Max if you don't want to mysteriously vanish somewhere. Hell yes. Pretty much. Yeah. It's got his shit together. But, um, Neo, any, any other thoughts on the film, sir? No, pretty much said it all. I mean, it's, you know, it's only a two-hour film, so. I thought you would have taken to this film, uh, like, 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 like glass to water, man. Because you know, well, I didn't Michael- say I didn't say I didn't like it. I hey, said man. I liked it, but I just said there's there's a few little things that you know, Ronka, of course, and um, you know, just some of those little <laughs> strange things that are just kind of put in there or, or not answered. But other than that, no, I found it. I found it fine. I mean, I it's thought. Like- it's like this movie was the Michael Bay edition of Macross Frontier, man. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know, because even it was, though it was, the ending, the actual mm. end itself was kind yeah. of better, the final battle, I'll reiterate, I, I definitely enjoyed the TV version much more with the two yeah. Macrosses fighting and all of yeah. the Valkyries flying around going nuts. Yeah, and, and a lot of, At least also of, got to do something in the final battle of the TV show. Yeah, and, and, and then this one, it's like Chris said, you get all these other Macrosses come up and they kind of didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot going on, but in terms of battles, I don't think it's, I mean, it's not Bay approved. I know that much. It's not Bay approved. Spoke to him this morning. He didn't, he didn't sanction us. <laughs> well, then, you heard it here first. Well, so. I mean, for the, for the most part, I enjoyed this film. Um, I, I, to me, of course, uh, like everybody else, it's uh, just Did another. You, when you thought Luca was going to die, you're like, Man, oh, oh. I will, I will say this. It, it, the first casualty of the Soul Bro Army. <laughs> Well, the, the movie takes a lot of liberties with your emotions, especially with the characters that you've come to enjoy. You know, some people are going to die, um, but you know, for them to tease you with the with the potential well, the death of these characters, died really were the bad people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's 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 just that is that um they even, they tease even, you with the potential even death. Like uh, Grace, kind of now she pretty <laughs> much bit it right. Like I after she kind of went up after the concert you know i don't remember seeing her again right you do see her one more time when uh when the two girls are singing together that's what she, i'm saying yeah and then yeah. yeah 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 she looks like she's she was about to bite it she was in the throes yeah. of death that's a lot. yeah she was well, shut down yeah <laughs> deactivation <laughs> the major she's not, she's not like the major and has yeah. extra bodies hanging around <laughs> the 
major. She is not. Well, she she did in the TV show, not in this yeah. version, apparently. Yeah, she's just. Uh, see you later. Yeah. When it when it comes to this movie, uh, I I rolled with it. Uh, I I I thought some things were foolish, like uh, the the teasing of the potential death of certain characters. By the time uh, Mikhail's final moments with uh, Clan Clan came around, it's like, oh, these these two ain't dead. You know, by the time it's like this movie has teased me enough with this, they're they're going to be so alive at the end of the battle. And sure enough, they were. But um, the the Ozma thing I thought was going to be sound. I mean, the man got shot to shit. <laughs> and yet uh he, he he ended up without a scratch towards the end it's amazing to me but um yeah uh i i well, I, well I, he was protected by icon icon i don't know what how icon could heal battle damage like that i'm saving ronka well, no, sa- he, he put his deflectors up icon <laughs> had his deflectors up when they went out the air you know when they went out the uh thing that is so. that, is, that is some space pokemans <laughs> well, and, and he he upgraded you know he won that battle so he you know all the pokemons always they always uh, evolve and icon evolved into dragonfly no doubt I- <laughs> a rare space pokemon has appeared in the wild but uh yeah it, it, was, it was it was it was a bit of a stretch but the the show the, by that time the movie was running on on high high octane at that point so i just rolled sure with it. sure the uh, development staff was running a high octane too yeah I, I, i'm a little torn between this movie and the tv show because i like the depictions more of the characters in the film than i do in yeah. the tv show and it's like it, it's almost like they, they both stand and have their own value to to anybody who's a fan of macross frontier and I, I it's hard for me to say well the movie the tv show is better than the movie the movie's better than the tv show they both have their positives well, you're, and you're their supposed negatives. to have you're supposed to have a definitive opinion i if, if i was supposed to and you're supposed to now hate the newer one, but the older <laughs> one is now a classic. You know this. These are the rules of the internet. If I had to pick one out of the two as my preferred, I'd probably go with the with the depiction of the characters because that's probably the most important thing to me. Well, luckily and... I don't have to pick because yeah. <laughs> if you want if you want the story, yeah. if you want the overall thing, watch the um, watch the uh, TV show. But if you want if you just want something fun, short, and you've already seen the TV show, the movies yeah. are fine. That's and, the way I see it. And I would encourage anybody to do that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm there with you too. But um, yeah, if I had to give this movie a rating, I would probably give it. A, a four out of five. Mm. I give it four out of five Nyan Nyans. Yeah. <laughs> I give it four out of five Space Pokemans. How many uh, explosions do you give it, Neo? <laughs> oh, on the explosion factor, I don't really give it too many. Like I said, explosion, I'd probably say a three and a half. But I think overall, um, it would be, uh, it's a four. Yeah, on the Bay Factor side, it doesn't even push the needle as much. Because, yeah, because... Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I think you should hate this movie so that 4chan can't say we're we're all being positive about everything all the time. <laughs> no, you I should can't. be you should be the the Armand White of this review. No, I only the only thing I hate about the movie is the Ronka parts. So I mean, you could just take her out. She's annoying. Damn. I'm glad. I'm hopefully I don't have to deal with this bitch again. And Damn. just the review. <laughs> so you think, and then. The 30th anniversary gets announced. Exactly, Ronka. And it's all an OVA day. starring her, all grown up. Damn, you yeah. would, you 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 make Austin smile with your hate. <laughs> well, he is Austin's apprentice. Apprentice, yeah. after indeed. All. He is the apprentice. I, I am his Padawan. Uh-uh. <laughs> he is Lieutenant Hate. Yeah, I'm, Austin, I'm, he's my he's my master. <laughs> Austin, somewhere clapping. He is. He, yeah, he's he's just hating. That's all he does. Because clapping, clapping would signify you like something. I guess he would. I guess because I guess. even though even though I practice hate, he can't like the fact that I hate. He has to hate on the hate that I hate. He's giving you the strongest. That makes sense. Th- He's giving you the strongest thumbs down that he could he could possibly muster. Yes. Then if if just just like uh, 
Just like he's, uh, he's just, hating straight out of like from Chappelle's uh, haters convention. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and just it's just like Rick James. If he had if he had four hands, he'd give it four thumbs down. <laughs> you so. hate you are like broke ass sexual chocolate. <laughs> you know, quoting Yoshi. Many many years ago, I, I felt this presence, and it said, "I feel the hate is strong in you." Indeed. I, anyway, I, now we're babbling. Yeah. Now, now we're babbling. Indeed. Well, All right. To close this out, um, I just want to add my, my last thought about the music, and, and I just wanted to say that uh, Yoko Kano blew it out of the water again. I, I've got to uh, pr- I've got to uh, order this this soundtrack and and, and and listen to it thoroughly because uh, I, pre-order pre-order yeah indeed because <laughs> the score was outstanding. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, there are hints of the original Macross uh, TV series and, and movies uh, score in there. Notably, there's a scene where um, they had just finished. Uh, doing a, a scan of Ronka, and they were talking about the results of and and the fact that she had that uh, the a connection to the Vajra in her in her small intestine, and you can hear some of the some of the score from Macross, a super dimensional fourth Chris Macross. There, I thought it was just it it, it made me real nostalgic. And um, I, of course, I, I, well, you're Mister Nostalgia, sober <laughs> nostalgic. But Doesn't all throughout waking the movie. up and breathing make you nostalgic, no doubt. <laughs> But but just to say, Yoko Kano did an excellent job on the score and and the music and 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 much props to the two actresses that uh, perform sh- that are sh- uh, played by Cheryl and uh, and Ronka. They 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 sang beautifully this movie and I loved all the music. Yeah, yeah. like they sucked in the previous incarnations. Oh, I know, I know. They're so 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 terrible. But anyway, any last words about Macross no. Frontier? And this at all? All right. Well, that's enough about uh, the wings of goodbye. Finish them. Finish him. <laughs> and we'll be back with more Gundam at MAHQ. Just gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice, big, shiny, first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! Gum damn it! Well, alright, you're messy. Would you make me a medal too? If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs and also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should, too. What did the anime addict say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? 
who doesn't want to spin around glow and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Next. I said next. God damn it, this is not the DMV, alright? Move it along. Gundam and MHQ. We're popping into yet another mailbag catch-up session because we're already falling behind before, but then since we didn't do a mailbag with the Colin episode, that just threw us even further behind, so... Well, we, we, should, we, we should start naming these uh, Gundam and MHQ mailbag quarterly, uh, quarterly adjustments, so this is adjustment calendar year. Fourth quarter calendar year 2011. So there you go. We'll, we'll put a little. We'll put a little accounting in this bitch. But when when does our fiscal year end? Well, it depends what type we are on. Um, are we calendar? Or are we? If we're going to do it based on a calendar year, then it would be December 31st. But yeah, I guess we're calendar. Anyway, or if, it, or if it's an accounting year, it would be the last full week of 2011, which I think is the week before. So it would be like the 26 or something like that. So sorry. Are right, you getting too inside baseball now? <laughs> Mad money at MHQ. No, 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 no. Take that back. I take that back. I take it back. I, I don't want to besmirch Neo. <laughs> All right. So, as always, you can submit new questions in the Gundam mailback Dropbox thread on mechatalk.net. So, got a whole bunch to pour through. And first, we have K173 who asks One element of the original Macross series I enjoyed were the non-transforming mechs like the Destroids, which came in a wide variety. But as the franchise evolved, these moved further into the background as their cash cow Valkyries took nearly all of the spotlight. I miss those lumbering, heavily armored, walking artillery pieces. I think they've gained a little more exposure back in Frontier, but I have to rewatch to be sure. How would you guys feel about Destroids being given a more prominent role in future entries in the Macross franchise and maybe even have a main cast character as a Destroid pilot and not make it a Valkyrie Flyboys only club? What, what do you want, the old grizzled veteran? You know, is this is this like having an old grizzled veteran uh, Gundam series? You know, Well, he says a main cast character, not the main yeah. character. Well, I guess the you thing could. Is, but... The thing about Macross is since day one, it's always been about the Valkyries. Yeah, and, and the Destroids the, and, were always in the background. And the Destroids are going to be in their own, like, squadrons. I don't think that a, a Destroid's going to be a, attached to a uh, Valkyrie squadron unless it's, like, a special forces type of thing. That might work, but... I think the most exposure that the Destroid is ever going to get was in Frontier having Canaria yeah. be the pilot of the Koenig monster. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Because aside from that one episode in the original series where Hikaru had to pop into a Destroid in that one little city that he was in, you never see any characters of import, of any import, get into a Destroid until Frontier. 
Even Canary was kind of a background character, but that's still more than anything we've seen in the past. And, and they're artillery support pieces. I mean, there's nothing really cool that you're going to see so much of them do. I mean, ooh, you know. You know, yeah. I mean, it could be possible that sometime in the future you might get a side story or something, not not for Frontier, but like maybe a character that is going to be is going to be a lead may start out as a Destroyed pilot and may move up to a Valkyrie or something like that. But you know, it, it's all conjecture at this point. Um, I, I I don't know if we'll ever see it, but that'd be kind of a neat idea, kind of a, an eighth MS team type thing would be kind of neat to see in the Macross universe. I just don't see it happening because Macross has always been about the planes and not about heavy mecha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just not that kind of a series. The only heavy mecha that really anything is usually the whatever Macross ship they got, you know. And yeah. even then, that's pretty limited. It's usually, it's kind of reserved for the end of the show or the end of the movie or whatever. So, uh, he also asks. This is directed towards Chris. As a lover of motorbike mecha anime like Megazone and BGC, have you ever played the old PS1 game? speed power gun bike which was only available in the japanese market the graphics were so so and the mechanics pretty were pretty terrible but it did have a great anime feel and was the only thing that kept me playing the game i have seen videos of it but no i have never played it i've heard of it i've, ne- I've never seen any videos of it um I-, I think i saw videos like way back in the early days of g4 mm-hmm. it might have been on that uh was that uh, that cutscene show of theirs? I know what you're talking about. I forget oh. what it's called, though. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Where they just used to show video game footage pretty much for the whole half hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah they, they, if anything, it, was probably, it probably was featured on there. Or maybe, or maybe they talked about it as like an import thing on X-Play, but I definitely saw a video of this on TV, and Adam Sessler might have been involved, but, mm-hmm. but, no, but I have not you, played the game. But you don't have any opinion on it? You should, based on <laughs> that you didn't see it. So, I mean, you, you saw that it exists, and you saw some, you know, some videos, so you should probably have an opinion if it's either well, you know, the best or the worst. Since it's on PS1, then, then it must be a crappy game with crappy graphics. So oh, there's my opinion. Right. There you go. All right, next. Good old Nasty Nate. He says, are any of you guys thinking about getting Gundam Extreme versus for the PS3 this December? I was really excited about it, but once I heard it is only two players offline, $103, and Grapple does not look all that impressive, I just don't know. It does look awesome, don't get me wrong, but not $103 awesome. Well, I think you just answered your own question right there. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you answered it for me too. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not as heavily in the imported games like I was ten years ago. So I gotta say, uh, I, unless they yeah, since you get all your Street Fighter here, you don't have any reason to import anything. Hey man, that was that was. <laughs> I, I used to import more than that, but yeah, primarily fighting games was what I imported. But not there was a few games I imported uh, that weren't. Uh, you know, was one of them, and, and some other games. But yeah, I, I I used to be a heavy importer back in the day. And well, and I know I, I know one game that you didn't uh, import, and that's Mobile Suit Gundam <laughs> Operation Troy, aka Mobile Ops: The One Year War. Oh, I. Swear Sweet Lord. <laughs> Your sole reason of owning an Xbox. The hits that keep on hitting. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. No doubt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the fact that it doesn't look that much better than the PSP games, even though it's on the PS3, and the fact that it's so ridiculously expensive, I'll wait until I can find it maybe on eBay for, like, 40 bucks. Yeah, or $4. <laughs> that, too. So, yeah, I'll pick up eventually when it's way cheaper, but right now it's not at all worth the price that it's going for. It's ridiculously expensive. I agree. All right. Next we have Mechton GM who says, this question is aimed at Soul Bro. Oh, Lord. In the Shadow Chronicles anime toilet, you mentioned that you have played the Robotech RPG. How enjoyable was the game for you? 
Did you <laughs> run it or did someone else? Did you play all three sagas? Would you recommend it? I was wondering what your thoughts and opinions on the game were as a pen and paper RPG player myself. I'm interested in picking up another mech RPG, but I hesitate to directly support Harmony Gold Diggers. <laughs> also, have you played any other RPG games like the Mechton Zeta System or Jovian Chronicles? And congratulations on four years of podcasting. Excellent. Well, that's like a zillion questions in one, so Soulbro, have at it. I'll just, I'll just talk about my experience with the old 20-sided. Um, <laughs> Mechton GM, thank you for the question. And, um, yeah, I, I know when I was in um, in my preteens and a little bit in my teens, I used to play uh, the Robotech RPG, and it was in two different places. I used to live in Key West back in the late 80s, and my friend Robert introduced me to it, and we used to play it all the time. It was mainly um, just an overview of the, of the three sagas, and we'd play it probably not very well, but he ran the game. And then um, when I relocated to Norfolk, Virginia in the early 90s, I ran across a couple of Robotech fans that used to always play it all the time. That and D&D &D and some other stuff, and I played with them too. I never ran the game, period, uh, at, at all, but um, it was a lot of fun. And it was so far back, I can't really remember all the details, but I, I thought it was pretty competent. I, it, it was the RPG, the pen and pad RPG, that I actually enjoyed more than Advanced Dungeons & Dragons and any other ones <laughs> I used to play back in the day. Yeah, I'm square. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's 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 my experience with it, and I, I thought it was cool. Um, I don't know if it's if it's your cup of tea. You should definitely flip through the book and see if uh if it if it suits your fancy if you come across it. But yeah, it, 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 I thought it was cool. What if it fancies your suit? Then he may need a new tailor. All right. Next up is Arbiter, mm -hmm. who asks, "What do you guys think are the odds of getting some new Macross production for the 30th anniversary? A series?" OVA. Well, I think it's a pretty guaranteed certainty that we're going to get something because they always have something come out at every five-year anniversary without fail. Yeah, and it's and the given it's how, 30 year too. So yeah, this is the big one. This is 30 years, and given how re-energized the franchise was by Frontier, mm -hmm. reaching a whole new audience, a whole new generation, there's no way they're going to let this one pass. Yeah, Probably, we'll, we'll see something. Don't know what, but we will see something. A similar question came up a couple episodes ago. We had talked about the chance that. Uh, um, the, the way the cycles are for the TV shows, where I guess they come every 10 years or something like that. Well, so, who knows how that could be now, since Frontier was such a mega hit. They might want to say, hey, let's get a, let's do more than one uh, TV show per decade now. Well, I certainly hope they have it in them. And, let's uh, make more money, please. <laughs> Forget that space hippie Kawamori. <laughs> Just forget him. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure something's coming, especially for the 30th anniversary. I don't know what's planned, but we'll find out soon enough. All right, and his next question is, do you guys have any favorite MS girls or no opinion? I don't have any particular favorites because there's so many, but uh, the, the Xeon ones are pretty cute, and they, they, they certainly serve to make the Xeon look less genocidal. So, yeah. <laughs> Cute girls, I guess, will do that. Exactly. Hey, is it MS girls? Are you talking about um, the girls? The girls dressed up as mobile suits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I forget. They, they have a they have another name. I forget what that is. But, no, it's uh, called it, yeah, it's MS girls. MS girls. MS girls. Oh well, yeah. shit. Well, um, I I have no favorite ones at the moment. There you go. The next question comes from Ford R. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, this question. Did Solbro finish watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes yet? <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> um, I think rather the question should be: Did Solvro even start watching Galactic Heroes yet? He did. Did he, he, did he, did. he continue to watch after watching the first episode or two? He he um he 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 has not yet to complete it. This matter uh, ultimate. Uh, <laughs> oh, you would have to bring that up. <laughs> Get, getting ready for uh, King of Fighters 13. Oh yeah, man. Woohoo, 
Superman next Tuesday. So what do you think? What do you think, Chris? Where do you what do you think episode he stopped at? Uh, one. <laughs> I think. I think. No, I, think uh, I, mean, uh, I, th- I think two. I think he stopped at episode two. You both be wrong. I watched the movie and I watched the first three episodes. So oh, that's oh, where I'm at. Oh, oh man, yeah. Ro- rolling tape. Show us. Take that. <laughs> Wow, it's like you've seen pretty much everything. You could Ooh. tell us everything that you feel about the entire series right now. Oh man, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Oh, characters. Thank you for thank you for the question, Ford R. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. well, it's funny. Next, Strike Zero asks if through the interventions of some divine power, the upcoming second Super Robot War OG for the PS3. Or hell, maybe just the Inspector anime instead were to be localized for a Western release. Who would you like to see cast to voice the main characters? I would like to see no one cast because the Japanese cast is so good that subtitles are all I need. <laughs> With so many yeah. powerhouse voice actors. Yeah, I, th- I think... Stick it dub. Keeps the and, price low. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'd rather just get the damn game. You know? We've gotten the games. It's just uh, for, for the OG universe, it's, it's, I'd, like, yeah, I'd like to get the, uh, the straight on... Um, uh, Super Robot Wars games, the ones with all the uh, all the licensing problems. He also asks, are you aware of the recently aired anime Infinite Stratos? If so, I'd be interested in briefly hearing your thoughts on it. I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here and guess that you guys haven't seen it. No, have not. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it, yeah. I have seen it, and it's alright. I mean, it's pretty much generic, harem, completely useless and clueless main character who has like 20,000 girls in love with him. They're all pilots of these like power armor things. All the girls have big boobs except for the um, the one or two obligatory petankos to keep <laughs> the Peters of the world happy. <laughs> Satisfy that pedo bear quotient. Of course. <laughs> so it's enjoyable, but not exactly memorable. The power armors are pretty neat looking, but pretty much everything about the show is just generic. <laughs> Although the girl cross-dressing as a boy was a pretty interesting um, departure from usual anime stereotypes. Oh. Yeah, of the guy cross-dressing as a girl. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at you, uh, uh, Alto. All right. Our next question comes from M one two one Akuma. It says, "Do you think you'll be doing an anime spotlight for Tiger and Bunny, or is that not sci-fi mecha enough for this podcast?" I know Chris has mentioned following the show multiple times on Chaos Theater. Yeah, that's definitely more of a chaos theater topic now that chaos theater exists if there was no chaos theater we'll probably talk about it here because it's a great show but since it's like comic anime stuff it's definitely more suited for that even though it does have a few mecha here and there mm-hmm. but you should watch it if you haven't especially now that's getting a couple of movies wow so it really is a hit wow, that's oh it was a huge hit Man. Uh, his second question do you guys do any tabletop gaming such as pen and paper role-playing trading card games miniature gaming, and board games. Well, we already heard from Solbro in the previous question. As for me, trading card games, the only one that I ever have played and continue to play is Magic the Gathering. Really? Man. Yes. I used to play Animayhem, and I used to play uh, the Star Trek uh, Next Generation one years ago. What about Pokemans? No, never. No Pokemans? <laughs> never. What about you, Neo? Pokemans? No. I just uh, I do dice in a back, in a back alley. There you go. That's a that's a game that keeps on going. <laughs> hot hand at a dice game, hot baby. Hand, hot hand at a dice game, dude. I played craps about a year ago, man. That shit was awesome. No, I I usually I used, no, I never really have. I mean, um, I did 
uh, fantasy football once. That's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. So, <laughs> and that that was that was a horrible experience. Oh, and um, yeah, not really, to be honest with you. I've never really done anything that hasn't dealt with um, just like actual playing cards, poker, tonk, you know, stuff like yes, that. Sir. Hearts and spades, and uh, of course dice. So, clickety clack, clickety clack, baby. <laughs> Next up, Fiak Yule. <laughs> I'm Leonard Washington. I'm not. I'm from nowhere. None of your goddamn business. <laughs> coming, coming straight out the Marcy I'm Projects. Tired. Y'all can't touch me about this baby straight up cash, yo. <laughs> oh, here comes what was it? Uh, quills. Oh, just just on cue, here comes Quills, and you notice he shot him just below the knee, so it's not attempted murder. <laughs> Put that camera in the box. <laughs> What's the name of the, uh, the, the, the powdered up guy? Ashford Larry. Ashford Lawrence. Right on cue, dumbass Ashy Larry comes back with his money <laughs> when they're getting robbed. I put my key. Bob, I stuck my keys, keys up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I gotta contain myself. <laughs> yes. Next, we have Zavalor, who says, "Hi. Almost every mecha pilot, super or real, has their signature line when advancing into battle. Your favorites? Personally, Roger Smith's Big O Showtime is a favorite. One that I would say is not a favorite, but that I cringe at every time I hear it, mm-hmm. is in the dub of original Gundam when Brad Swale goes, Gundam, let's do it." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know that wasn't what he was saying in the Japanese. He was saying, you know, uh, Amorai Gundam launching. launching or something like that. Mm, and yeah. then, unfortunately, that carried over to the dub of Zeta, where it's like, this is Camille, Gundam, let's do it! Really? Yeah, I don't know why they did that. It must have been translator's choice. <laughs> One that I would say is a favorite, um, you know, good old catchphrase comes from uh, old Dan Cougar when uh, when Shinobu uh, shouts in, in his... Uh, most manly way. Yate yaruze. <laughs> That's a good old classic. I, I got to take mine back to um, back into my childhood, man, because you know I'm missing the nostalgia. As always, on the yes. show. You Donald are the embodiment of nostalgia. I got I got to quote it, man. Donald Therm's connected. Let's go, Voltron Force. There you go. There you go. That's mine. <laughs> and I'll form the head. That is uh that's, that still gets me hype. I don't know. I don't know if I really have one. I am just trying to. I, like I said, I, I agree with Chris. There's some of those ones that are a little kind of cringeworthy on the dub side, but Your, yours is the burp that Roy Folker gives before he, he takes off. After yeah, that, finished, that that would be good. Yeah, after he's finished off the fifth of Jack, you can fly <laughs> when you're drunk. Uh, I'm surprised, Neo, that uh, that any and all launching phrases by uh, Mr. Akeda are not your favorite. Well, that, that that that's why would I state the obvious? I mean, <laughs> I guess so. So. Next they're is the question. They're all pretty standard, though. You know, they're all for the most part until you get the translators involved. Yeah. So. This next one I think is uh, right up Soul Bros Alley. Mm. It's from Animalia, who says, "I was originally drawn to Saji Crossroad for the reason that it seemed they were spending a lot of time developing a character that was a non-combatant. So it appeared to me that they were setting him up for something in the second season. <laughs> Boy, I couldn't have been more wrong if I predicted that the Cubs would win ten World Series in a row." <laughs> That being said, do you have any idea at all what the directors were trying to do with him? Because I am not sure if I even have a clue. 
No, I have no idea. <laughs> because my view of, of Saji Crossroad for, for almost as long as he's been around has been polluted by the idea of King Arthur. Mm-hmm. So I cannot discuss uh, him in any objective, uh, critical, literary way. Wow. Well, um, that, yes, that's just a cop out. Well, I've got to thank uh, Katie White at the um, at the Facebook page because she had asked a question: When did the whole madness with King Arthur um, start in the first place? And I actually went back and looked. Episode see. one? No, no, not even. Not even. Well, yeah. I mean, I was I was hyping like, him up. Uh, yeah, you I were. was hyping him up, but um, in all well, truth. I watch I, this guy. Watch he, this guy. I watch this they're sh- guy. They're showing him a lot. Something's up with this guy. He's going to go places, I tell you. He's, <laughs> he's going to go big. He's going to be somebody, son. It's, it's the legend it's, of King Arthur unfolding, I'm telling you. It's the biggest It's the biggest cry wolf segment ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, um, I had to, she had asked um, where it was, and I went back and looked, and I found it. Um, when we actually talked about the, the comparison of his... Uh, his story arc with the legend of King Arthur when I actually said I said don't say we I said that that was back in the times when me and Chris were very quiet about this because we thought it would just go away but it never did <laughs> to quote myself the Arthurian legend that's what I literally said yes it was way, I can never forget it now was I have way, a, I have a separate question for you so uh-huh. sorry I'll maybe I should submit this in the mailbag real quick but sure. um, now that you listen to it again do you realize how ridiculous you sound <laughs> is there a point that you say you know what I really did kind of I really did stick my foot in my mouth on this one and I, and I, and I had toenail for lunch um, man. To, to an extent I mean it, oh, I, know you're, I know you're going to be delivered <laughs> I, know, I know you're going to try to be like, uh, you're going to try to be, you know, keep some pride on you. But, you know, is, is there like 50% chance that you're sitting there saying, <laughs> you know what, I really did put my foot in my mouth with this? I mean, it was conjecture at the time, but I and I, I, and I, and I, and I honestly, do deserve all the ribbing that I've received for this I, for and, the last few years. And I will, and I will, and will continue the, to receive until the end of my time. But until um, you die. <laughs> And even then, we will bring it up when, on your on your grave. Nice, nice. This man thought that Saji would be King Arthur. <laughs> That'll be on my tombstone. Um, but no. Um, when I when pepperoni. I said it, <laughs> not pepperoni. <laughs> nice one, nice one. That was quick. <laughs> but yeah, um, he he. I I guess it was a clear cut case of me projecting my own thoughts and hopes on onto him and you thinking think, that huh? they were actually going to do something cool like that like build him up like introduce him early on kind of like what they did with graham where graham showed up pre-mask in the first season yeah, and, graham and was they, a build pilot. Up. yeah i know i know it's that <laughs> but I, I thought that so maybe a Saj- little dorky kid that was getting pushed around by his girlfriend and his her mother and who was his only dream was to deliver pizzas and things and that's that one thing dorky kid getting pushed around <laughs> oh, 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 oh he's back <laughs> Oh DK, oh, but I, I, I would have never predicted that. That don't the, don't play football at Penn State, DK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two tsunami! You'll be oh my gosh. Um, now I would have never predicted that uh, out of the two, uh, him out of him and Louise, Louise would have been the one that became the pilot, and he would have been the one that still would have been on the sidelines for so the long. The chump delivery boy, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, I still enjoy Saji as a character. I thought, uh, I thought that. Of course, um, you have to. He's one. Uh, he's your original man. He is my original man, but at the same time, I I I like that his development went the way it did. 
Um, I would have much preferred him to become more of an active player, but you know, you, you just you can't get everything you want in life. But um, yeah, it's by the way, just just so I can let people know, it was in episode seven, uh, twenty nine minutes and two seconds <laughs> into episode seven. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta listen to this too. Because I haven't listened to that since you know yeah. four years ago. Oh, no doubt. I mean, this is, this is rustic Gundam. <laughs> more like rusty Gundam. No doubt. <laughs> Way back at episode seven, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you skip that episode and haven't listened to it, go ahead and take a trip back down memory lane and find uh, out that every legend has a beginning. <laughs> oh, but I man. guess that's my answer on that. All right, and next we have Nasty Nate back again. He says, "I recently pre-ordered Ratchet and Clank all for one." This is obviously before the game came out. Mm-hmm. I would have waited to get it, but I'm a huge fan of couch co-op, and it seems to be dying out. And I want to support this game so they will make more. What I want to know is will I still help game developers to make more games by buying them at full price a few months later, or do they simply look at the first month's sales to determine its worth? I ask this because I want Rayman Origins, Kirby Return to Dreamland, and Uncharted 3, and I just don't think I can afford all on release. But I want to support them so they will make more. Well, Nasty Nate, as I already told you before, you should have gone with Uncharted 3 first. <laughs> but that's your loss. Well, yeah, they, they look at game sa- initial game sales much like uh, the box office. When um, uh, those first week sales are, are pretty pretty um, important because it, 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 it establishes uh, if the game's a hit or not right off the bat. They still look overall at overall sales at the end of the day, and a game can go platinum, maybe not instantly, but it, it takes a few weeks or months. But yeah, those first week the first month sales are imperative but if you buy the game you buy the game you're still supporting the developers um if you can't afford it right off the bat if you, as long as you still buy it brand new i th- i think that still makes a statement mm, well, well here's the thing here, um, here, yeah i was gonna kind of interject on here when it comes if he's thinking like the financial side yeah when gamestop buys it from ea the money's already been transferred when e when gamestop sells something at a reduced price it's affecting their margin yeah so they buy it at cost. The developer gets the money, and then they get a whatever percentage after distribution and all the other stuff that they, you know, it finally trickles down to the game developer. But when it comes to when you see it, you know, uh, discounted at your local area, that or your local store, your that store is taking the hit on it. So, but like you said, it's more important is the response. Is this a hit right on? I mean. If GameStop orders a, th- a million units of you know X Y Z game, they're going to get you know that EA is going to get that money. But then you know by the, the only same way- token, if you know they order that, yes, EA will get their money. But if the game doesn't sell well, and then right. EA releases X Y Z Part Two. Yeah. Then GameStop's going to be like, eh, we're only going to take two hundred thousand instead and, of a million. Yeah, and that and that's gonna and that's gonna that was going to be my point later on. I was like, it's the same thing. I mean, it it's kind of a vague question on that. So it, it's but like you said, it's it's more if the response, the initial response, and yeah. yeah, if they go to the sequel and okay, well, we bought a million and we sat on you know eight hundred thousand of these and we had to discount them all, and we might buy this, but we're not going to buy many. So. Well, what about what about the potential of uh, a reprinting of the game if it is successful and sells out everywhere within the game's life cycle? Don't don't companies count on that too? Well, you know, there's games they that do, become but, uh, greatest hit sellers, and yeah. you know, each um, console manufacturer has their own criteria. I think for Sony to be greatest hits, at least on the PS2 days, you had to sell 400,000 copies. Ooh. I don't know what their standard is for the PS3, and I don't know what Nintendo's 
and Microsoft standards are. So if a game sells well enough and it reaches whatever that threshold is, they'll re-release it as uh, greatest hits. And lots of people out there run on buy greatest hits because they're well-known games and they're cheap. Yeah. So, you know, big games that are good will always have legs and a lifespan. You just look at Nintendo. Okay. Yes, the Wii has a shitty library full of third-party shovelware, and pretty much the only good stuff on there is the stuff made by Nintendo, with only a few exceptions. However, two of the best-selling games on the Wii to this day are still Mario Kart Wii, which is like three years old, Mm -hmm. and New Super Mario Bros. Wii that came out two years ago. (laughs) In fact, New Super Mario Bros. Wii far outsold both of the Galaxy games, which is rather surprising. Man. So, you know, even though that game's been out for a long time, it still continues to sell a lot and chart, as does Mario Kart Wii. So, certain games will have a longer lifespan, and they have a long shelf life beyond just that first month. And you have to remember, too, a lot of times with the smaller developers, if they do a a successful game, they usually get bought out by a bigger one anyway, so... (laughs) As for the issue of co-op, I don't think co-op's going to be going away because Insomniac, they're very much into co-op, and uh, that next game they're coming out with um, that's multi-platform, which I forgot what the title of it is, is also co-op from what I've seen. So, you know, it's out there, and I don't think co-op's going away. What I would like to see go away is forced co-op. Yeah. Because you have a lot of like people now who have grown up with multiplayer and co-op, and they demand these things as parts of the experience. Right. And developers feel compelled to forcibly throw in these things. Because there's a lot of games that get multiplayer that you can tell that multiplayer is half-assed and just shoved in there so they can say it has multiplayer. Yeah. And you can tell because if you, if you play the game more than like two or three months after it came out, the multiplayer is a ghost town. Exactly. So co-op is good if the game is designed from the get-go to have that. Like say, you know, um, uncharted uh, story co-ops that you can do on the side right. or mm-hmm. some other games. But if it's just shoved in there, I don't want that. I know that um, when RE5 came out, um, it, was, it was a point of contention between uh, the, the co-op element that was in that game. Some people felt it was for some people liked it. So uh, I, I, I well, guess you can give or take it. I, I much prefer having a hot girl with a gun who can shoot zombies and help me out yeah. rather than part four, which was just Ooh. some little hot girl who does nothing and is useless. Ashley Hyde. So <laughs> Ashley Hyde. <laughs> exactly. So I, I must. I don't, know, I don't know how many times I would like forget that she was in the dumpster. It's like I'm moving on. I killed all the all the all the zombies, and then it's like, oh wait, I'm forgetting something, aren't I? Forgetting the useless white girl. <laughs> yeah, President's daughter was stolen. We gotta save her. It's up to us. It's up to us. <laughs> Are you a bad enough dude to kill the zombies? <laughs> jump, gypsy, jump. <laughs> bad dudes. Anyway, next question is again from Animalia. Uh-oh. <laughs> this one's good. He says, do you guys have to pick on Solbro so much? It was funny and novel for a while, but now it just <laughs> seems like you're going for the low-hanging fruit. You could at least try to come up with a new twist on it rather than the same old, same old you seem to do. Okay, wait a second. Well, let me try to, because I, I read this. And there's a this little income. This is all you. <laughs> here. First part of the question is seeming to criticize us for picking on Solbro. Mm-hmm. Next question, set, next part of that is if you're going to do it, be more original and funny. Exactly. I see a conflict there with the two parts of that question. Yeah, yeah do you want us picking on him or you don't? 
And it, yeah. I mean, you're sending us mixed signals here, dude. Yeah. I, I appreciate the, 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 the sentiment, but at the same time, if you found it funny in the beginning and don't find it funny now, it, it's either you find it funny or you don't. And um, to be honest with you, these two guys don't make as much fun of me as I do either myself or people I know outside the show. And, I, it's, and, and I, it's also harmless ribbing. It's, oh, yeah. you know, Capcom, it, it's all, it's just, Capcom it's Batter good Woman good. and Saji Crossroad. I mean, that's... And it's I mean, good-natured. It's, uh, it's just yeah. good-natured ribbing. I do this to all of my friends. I do it to Pedro. I do it to Austin. Oh, yeah. We all make fun of each other way worse than than what anything that that I and Neo say on here. I mean, yeah, we do go for the low-hanging fruit like Saji Crossroad or Mobile Ops because no they're just classic. Because <laughs> you, you have to also put it in, in context here. Solbro was very passionate when he made these first boast so it it wasn't one of these things where he just kind of you know said it and then it went by the wayside i mean go back to those episodes of sachi crossroad this i i guarantee this episode seven if you listen to it you're probably like oh my god yeah plus mr anomalia i'm sure with your friends you know everybody has with their friends like in jokes of something stupid that one person said that the rest never let him live it down exactly I, i built that house of cards and they knock it down every time. And I set those pins up, and they roll Dude, strikes all your, the time, which your is house cool. House of Cards knocked itself down. Hey, sometimes it does. <laughs> sometimes it does. But yeah, man, I'm not thin skinned, so for the most part, you know, I could I could sometimes bounce back. I I'm not. If, if this stuff is bothering, then you'd have a really problem in life. I no mean, doubt. I'm, I'm just talking to anybody. I mean, <laughs> oh, I so know. harmless and stupid that it's like, geez. But, exactly. I, mean, I, 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 I I I do I I I I do thank you, Anamalia, for for at least uh, expressing your um your concern. But trust me, are I'm you, all are right. You, uh, are, are you are you gonna bring him into the Solbro Defense Force? Hey man, if he wants to be a part of uh, Solbro and the Barbecue Swingers, he can be part of that. <laughs> well, the, one of these guys I saw that's on on Mecha Talk has actually got a thing in his signature saying he's part of the he's a proud officer of the Solbro Defense Force. So. Oh, you, you're talking about you're talking about old Frank Crestborn, Eric Keith, man. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a proud member, but I I, I prefer to call it Solbro Ryu and the Barbecue Swingers. That's that's it. That's the official name as far as I'm concerned. But um, there you go, there you so, go. So command Solbro. All right, next we have some questions from. The gatekeeper. Oh, oh, all right. Who says first the goose <laughs> didn't call Sobro real rock guy? I did. Well, you guys, you guys settled that out in the field of battle, then. Oh boy. Yes. <laughs> he says, "Is a couple of questions here. What are the Gundam guys' opinion on the movie Placed, promised in our early days? I think it's better than Hal's Moving Castle and deserved the 2005 Academy Awards, which Moving Castle won. And does Sobro think Makoto Shinkai is a film director?" <laughs> See, even the audience has things that that Solbro has said that are dumb that they won't let him live down. So it's not just me and Neo. And the world keeps turning. Exactly. <laughs> worried about being made fun of. It's like worrying if the sun is going to come up. It's like worried about not taking a breath. So Solbro, tell us, is Makoto Shinkai a uh, a film director in your estimation? I would imagine so, since I've seen some of his movies. But I actually like Place Promise in our early days. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, I saw it early when um when it first premiered on um when 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 it became available. That's all. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Indeed. 
<laughs> do I like it more than Howl's Moving Castle? Actually, I like Howl's Moving Castle just a bit more. But um, I didn't even know that um, that movie, uh, Place Promise in the Early Days, was even nominated for the 2005 Academy Awards. I have to go back and look at the nominees. But um, if it was nominated... I don't know it, if it was. Maybe he's yeah. just saying that it should have been nominated and won. I'd have to look, yeah. which I'm too lazy to do. So <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen it. So I, I have not but seen, I've seen it. Howl's, I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. I thought that was fine. But Chris yeah, I haven't Bale. seen it. So. I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. I have not seen uh, Place Promised. Actually, the only thing of Shinkai's I've seen is Voices of a Distant Star. Yeah. Yeah. But I do plan to correct that and watch his other work at some point. He says also, I forgot to say these things on the call-in. Roger Smith thinks Steve Blum trying to play Ramba Rawl. I'm a tomato, boy. I'm a tomato. What? Who's Sobro's <laughs> man in Big O? Beck? Alec? Schwartzwald? No, he's cool. Alan? And what's worse, second season of Big O or second season of Double O? Ooh. That's an easy one. <laughs> well, uh, that definitely the, the Big O for, for, for that funny For the funny haha effect, it's Double O, but <laughs> in all reality, all reality it was uh, Big it's O quite, season two. It's quite the opposite, yeah. Because um, it's, it's more like the Big O no. My my boy in, um, I don't know who my boy is in, um, in the Big O. Yes. I, I always like the butler, man. It's too cool for you. He's too Alfred. I know he is too Alfred. I, I guess I guess that would make him ineligible. And um, other than that, those are my answers to those questions. All right. He also asks, I was going to ask an IGPX-related question, but now my question will be, I'm well aware of the dislike of live-action adaptations of anime. What if it was an original American live-action mecha, piloted mecha, not Transformers or Rock'em Sock'em robots like Real Steel or power suits like Iron Man with some real pilot and not just... Michael Bay explosions. Well, already Neil's not on board for that if there's no yeah. Michael Bay explosions. Well, there's only, there's saying, only one man for these types of movies. I'm not <laughs> saying I want it to happen. I'm not saying it will happen. But if it happened, and do you have any ideas? I just don't see any interest for that. I mean, robots just aren't as big here in America. And the robots that are popular are the Transformers types that are sentient or controlled externally by humans like real steel so yeah i don't just see being much of an appetite for piloted mecha here in america yeah maybe for you but not for the mass population who they want to recoup the money off of so it might have been more than just budget reasons why um starship troopers didn't have the uh the mechs that were portrayed in the book so um yeah i i I, if someone did it cleverly uh here in america I, i can't discount the chance that that could happen since transformers did open the door to something possible like that, but I don't mm. see but the American trans- audience. Transformers had a, a had a yeah. fan base, though. It, it I mean, it, 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 it had a built-in thing. So when they did the live-action movie, it wasn't like all shocking. People know. I mean, even people that aren't into it, they've heard of Transformers. Hell, my parents know what Transformers. Also, are. Also, what has Transformers actually opened the door to? What uh, robot movies have we gotten other than Real Steel? Um, yeah. but Real Steel, it might be the start of something, but I, I, all I can say is this. As long as someone does it cleverly and well enough, it may take it may take hold. But I right now, I think the odds would be against so. Well, it's like we've always said, though. The, the robots piloted by people, it's a very uniquely Japanese thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why you know Gundam hasn't, like... Well, well, many reasons. Part of it being Bandai, but you know, it's uh, it hasn't taken off in like the Western, you know, the Western countries mm-hmm. to the mass population. So, well, I, I can definitely say this: the Voltron movie is still on. So, um, if that movie is a failure, you'll get the answer to your question real quick. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, his last question is, if the live-action Gitz movie is success, not even in Candyland, then if Colin Innocence was made into a live-action as well, could it be screwed up any worse, or will Spielberg actually improve Colin Innocence? Um, I don't know if Spielberg is going to go the route of actually trying to adapt the films. He might he might want to do his own take on the, on the well, comic he's, book. Well, he's, he's, he's joking, but oh. let's, <laughs> let's, let's run with it, Solbro, instead of... Uh, <laughs> Instead of playing it straight. Uh, Spielberg might be able to improve uh, Innocence. <laughs> well, given the crap that he made that was called AI, oh, damn. here's what he would do with Colin Innocence. Professor Bato's philosophy lecture would be cut down to very simplistic themes about like kids and growing up, and it would go on and on with a very schmaltzy happy ending at the end that's yeah. that's what spielberg would do to colon innocence i think the way i'd want to see it is he should just call in michael bay and it's completely revamp it where there's just lots of destruction and blowing and explosions that would make it better for me i'm not surprised by that neither am i <laughs> all right next we have some questions from good ramen hey it would make it would make a billion dollars sure it would it would i'm not doubting you Sure, okay. we'll make lots of money. Number one from Good Ramen, which actually makes me want some ramen now. Did any of you guys play the Persona games yet? I'm only talking about Persona 3, Persona 3 at FES, Persona 3 PSP, and Persona 4. Man, people just love asking about Persona on freaking Chaos Theater, and now I guess it's the same thing here. No, I haven't. No, I have not. <laughs> Soul Bro, we know uh, that. It's not Capcom, so he's not <laughs> playing it. Hey, I know I'll be playing that uh, Persona fighting game that's coming out from Arc System Works in a couple months, so I'll see you there. <laughs> uh, uh, his question was, if we played it, what's our opinion? So we're skipping that. Wait, wait, you, I have an opinion. It's the best and the worst. Are you watching Persona 4, the animation? If you played Persona 4, how would you compare to the game so far? Uh, no. no, I'm not watching it, and since I have not played it or watched it, I can't make any comparison. I, I agree. <laughs> Next, we have Nasty Nate says, do you ever feel like you have to choose, sometimes choose to be a fan of anime versus video games? What I mean is it is very hard to stay up to date with all the new anime and video games as they come out. And I know for me, because of time, I have to make the choice to really look into one or the other. There's definitely a balancing act because, you know, there's so much of both out there. And mm -hmm. obviously games being more expensive now, I don't buy games on the PS3 like day one as often as I used to get PS2 games new. Yeah. I only just finally picked up Dead Space 2 because I got it used for 10 bucks on Gamefly. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cheap. <laughs> there, there are some things that I, got, I get like day one, like uh, Yakuza 4, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Uncharted 3, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I definitely wait for price drops on PS3 games now, especially because price drops are happening all the time. I mean, you just look at, just look at uh, Cheap Ass Gamer. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you know, there's stuff going on practically every day, so there's really not much of it. Even if you want to get a new game, there's not much of an incentive to uh, get something day one because it's almost instantly on sale. Uncharted 3 just came out at the beginning of November. Mm -hmm. It's already going to be on sale at Black Friday in 30 bucks. Yeah, that, that's the one thing that I've noticed, too, is it, it seems like stuff goes quicker on sale now. And I mean, I'm sure part of it's economy and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's the economy. Even, they're trying to appeal to you. They'd rather get you yeah. at even a slight loss for them than not get you at all. But I even noticed before everything really went to shit that the, the, you know, it seemed like the, the price drops on Xbox 360 and, and PlayStation 3 happened a little bit faster than they used to on you know playstation and all that so playstation 2 so uh, i don't know 
Here's what really pisses me off. There, there's a drought every year, say for, um, I think 2007 was like the first year I ever saw where games came out consistently. If you wanted to buy a game, you can actually plan it out. But um, when I went to go pick up uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 last Tuesday. We know what um, it is. Uh, no, when I went to go pick it up. At midnight? People, the, at, at midnight, yeah, uh, absolutely. But um, Justice, they, Justice by you. Man, I just, I just got off work and I just went there, man. Damn. You're still uh, dressed by you. You're dressed yeah, yeah, by I'm you. Sure. Anyway, um, getting to my point, there were 15 different games coming out that day. No shoes, Fif- no service. 15. And it's like, wow, why do you guys all wait? I know it's Christmas season. I know there's a lot of blockbuster games coming out at the end of the year. But all these games, a glut of games coming out at the end of the year, you only can buy so many. And, and you can't even buy that many because you got to worry about buying Christmas presents for other people. And your money's going to different places at this time of year. So maybe you get to treat yourself with one game. It's just stupid to me that this well, g- November this has become, you know, the... Uh... The summer movie season of video games. It, it has, well, and, and, yeah. and, it's, and it's, I, it's, I don't like it either for the same reason. Yeah, it's but, stupid. But, but the thing is, too, is you know if you have it all planned out like that, then mm-hmm. uh, when certain things sell out during Christmas time, right. there's there's other options. I think that's why they do it. And of course, you know all these retailers they make they make thirty percent of their income or thirty percent of their revenue during this time. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's ridiculous. So, but you know, you, I, it's been happening for a while. Just save your money. If yeah. if you if you're having an issue with that, just save your money for it because you you know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess we benefit in the end because when those, so those games don't sell during the, the glut of Christmas season, they end up going down in value, and you know, next thing you know, they're on New Egg for like they, a song. Yeah, but so. they sell. But I mean, they sell because what happens is you go into these you go into these places, and mm-hmm. let's say you want Modern Warfare Three. Okay, it might be all sold out. So what do you do? They, they, the, the good salesperson will have you go get the next thing. If you're buying gifts for people and stuff, personally, that's a different thing. I mean, you're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to budget better or something. You know, I mean, because you know it's happening. It's been happening the last couple of years, and it does suck. But get a job, hippie. Yeah. <laughs> I just I I just find it just to be ridiculous. When really, you job, really. All your... But in in all actuality though, really, how many of these games are you actually going to play? I mean, you don't play Gears Three, you don't play Modern Warfare. So why that those games Three. like that? I, yeah. I may I may not play them, but for those who are friends of mine who were torn between buying Saints Row the Third and Assassin's Creed when they both come out the same day and they don't have one hundred twenty dollars to spend on both, you know, they have to make a choice and then you well, know pass up on the other. But here's ones. but here's the thing. Yeah, it's not like if you if they come out on the same day and you don't buy them on that day you won't be able to get them that's true that's true I mean, which is why they shouldn't come out on the same day but why they're rival companies that are putting this yeah but they're also putting these things out they're gonna they're gonna put stuff out it's like, the same it's to me it's the same thing as when a when two major studios release blockbusters on the same day right people are only going to choose one of those movies which means both movies hurt because of it instead of planning it out where they come not, out on different not days not everybody but what about the what, what about the people that that Money's not an object to them. Where they can do go both movies, and when they can, they can buy both games. Are you going to deny them of the you know having to wait for something like that? I mean, that's that's they, a lot less people nowadays. Com- now, company companies don't want the poor people; they want the rich people. <laughs> oh, I'm being serious. You, you're right. You're right. I, I, I can't deny that. I can't deny that at all. And there's but, still a lot of people out there that will do it. And believe yeah. me, there's a lot of poor people out there. That will make it do too, because if you've ever gone to like an iPad or an iPhone thing at the i at the uh, Apple Store, no doubt, a lot of those people, you're like, how the hell are you affording this? <laughs> I guess it's ramen noodles for the next month for you. So people make it work if they uh, if it if it means that much to them. Go so occupy inspired. your desk, loser. <laughs> 
Man. All right. Here's another question for Solbro from Matthew Grabadger. He says, Dear Gundam, All right. as those of us who are none of the accursed Australian orders face into a long winter, in some cases dwelling in a damned farmhouse which predates the Irish famine, <laughs> I've been forced to consider an utterly disgusting but nevertheless interesting question that I will direct at your te technical monkey, which I'm guessing is Solbro or that guy who did the two-year compilation thing. Kudos to that lunatic. <laughs> Have you, ever have you ever considered cutting the intractable campaigns that were the Frontier Gears and Double O reviews each into monstrous omnibuses? It'd be interesting both as a case study in masochism, admirable yet ill-considered commitment, and the audible evidence of the tearing and grubbing of the human soul <laughs> and soul bros. No kidding. Well, it'd also be... Sober wouldn't do it. It also welcome <laughs> to weigh those labors of love or obsession as a fraction of your total output, which I am honored and disappointed in equal measures to inform you has reached nine days and six hours as of episode eighty six. <laughs> Keep her lips and seek help, Matthew. Nine days and six hours of what? Recordings that we've done? Yes. Oh my god, really? I didn't know that. What? <laughs> Oh my God, that's awesome, man! Nine days of material. I, wow, I, I would have never guessed. Wow. Well, Sobro definitely won't do it, so it'll have to be Dalo. <laughs> Poor yeah. Dalo. So when if this he, comes out, Dalo, it's up to you. That masochistic. <laughs> Who's yeah. working feverishly on the uh, on on the year four special? So um, bless him, and um, that's that's the guy he had, he had referred to earlier. Well, tell him to get to work faster. <laughs> he's, he's making. No, it, we he's, got deadlines, buddy. It's the year's almost over with. He's working hard on it, and 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 I. I my I have endless thanks for him for that. So Matthew, as as of, as for the omnibuses, um, I I have thought about that, but really? I yeah <laughs> it's, I gonna wait for Dolo to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. <laughs> It, that is episodes upon episodes and doing it. If I had more time and, you know, if I was getting paid to do this, sure. Sure, I would love to. But more time. What? Uh, you, you <laughs> might cut into that ultimate time that you got allocated each day? Man, I got that on, I got that on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't edit podcasts all day. It is mind-numbing sometimes. But, um, I, and to add, add extra projects. If it's new stuff, I'm fine with because I'm excited to get it out there. So that's what motivates me. But to, to go back to the old uh, archive, I, it just is just I, it's a waste of time to me. I just rather reference those episodes and have people go back and and check those out. So um, I guess that's my my take on that. All right. Next we have questions from someone. I'm surprised it took us nearly an hour to get to. Oh, and that's Mula Flaga. Whoa, oh, no way. <laughs> Buckle in, guys. <laughs> We're gonna be here for a while. No, not really. His first question is: I wanted to ask, what do you think are the best examples of characters with missed potential? For example, Shin and the path he went down later in Destiny. Haman and her degradation in ZZ and asteroid crash death compared to what she did in Zeta Gundam. Kagali getting derailed in Destiny. I would imagine her seed self would slap her in an instant. <laughs> yeah, those are all good examples. So I'm just gonna take the easy way out and say those. I got to throw Atherin in the bunch for repeating his story arc from. But whoa, whoa, whoa! He was. Was the star of Sea Destiny? Oh, and no, no doubt he was. Oh, let's, I, not, get, let's not get into that again. <laughs> I got. I'm just correcting you, so bro. Yeah. I got a special shout out for the um the anime overseer who uh, recently put um uh, uh, another YouTube reviewer of uh, Destiny to task. I mean about, the anime uh, overviewer. Anime overviewer. Sorry, I can't believe I said anime overseer. The anime overviewer. He was so cool to uh, make a response to I guess Otaku No Video's uh, uh review on uh, Mobile Suit uh, Gundam Seed Destiny where he was favorable of it and was ignoring pretty much all well, the bad parts don't, of don't it. Don't get into that now because there's actually yeah. a question about that that's too oh. recent for us to be 
answering in this segment, but we'll be getting to it later so, on. So, oh, okay. So that would be sabotaging the mailbag outside. I, I had no idea, man, to be continued, but, but props to the anime overviewer for that. I, I, my heart goes out to you. Yes. <laughs> All right. And number two, he says, so this one I just wanted to get your opinions on it since I asked before but got skipped over. Mm-hmm. I think you guys seem to fit the three pilot types of Top Gun since Neo is Maverick. Chris, you call him that in episode 77. Chris would be Iceman and Silver would be Cougar or Goose, the not-so-great pilot. What do you guys reckon, even if you like slash dislike the movie? Goose, Goose was just piloting the radar back there <laughs> and then piloted his head into the canopy. <laughs> Useless, so that fits uh, that fits uh, Solbro's mo. I guess he, was he the te- picks useless characters to to fawn over. Goose was the technical guy, yeah, the guy who the guy who put in the work, man. So yeah, I guess uh, until he until he died, unfortunately. So yeah, that, that I guess that's me. That's just you. as long as just as long as we don't do the volleyball scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. Never has been more homoerotic scene in a manly man's film. Well, my <laughs> it's not really a manly man's film. It's a chick film. All right, now we have a question from Mr. Bushido. Wait a second, there was only two from Boo? Man, yeah, that's it, man. Woo, what? Okay, I, I Mr. Bushido must have been put in the hole that day. Ahead, he has Chris. one question. I'm not sure if this has been asked yet, but would you guys like to see Gundam shows make a crossover? For example, two universes that are independent of each other from some UC show and an AU come together and fight a common enemy, something like the Gundam Musou games. I personally would like to see every Gundam protagonist from the other series gang up on Kira and the Strike Freedom, put him in his place, like what Master Asia did in Gundam Musou 2. No, if you're gonna do it that way, yeah, okay. But you gotta—I wouldn't mind seeing it, but you'd have to do it like very tongue-in-cheek, and it'd be very short, or you know, like little OVAs or something. That would be—that would be funny. But um, well, there know. already is something kind of like that because there's this manga running in Gundam Ace called Gundam Exa that oh. involves multi-universe crossovers. Yeah. So, so yeah, an anime would be kind of fun to see that, especially if it was yes, Kira getting put in his place. I would. I'd so love it if something somebody did that. And 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 very tongue in cheek, like nothing nothing yes. too serious, you know, lots of joking around and goofballness. That'd be great. At least we always have the uh, the scene in Super Robot Wars where Bright slaps the shit out of Kira. I yeah. would love to see some a crossover <laughs> in the ridiculous style of the Double O movie. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the movie that they watched within the, the movie. The, the fake double O movie. Yeah, the movie within the movie. That would be awesome. All right, next yeah, we that's, have... Yeah, that's heroic in that movie. Next we have someone who uh, who Neo would be a big fan of, Captain America. Oh, I am. He's, he's on, he's on uh, Megatalk. He's a good American. And David he's Trump. such a good American that his, uh, his question takes up three sentences, all spaced as separate paragraphs, and each one in a different color, red, white, and blue. Of course. Now that's America right there. <laughs> Let's hear these questions. They're probably, all, they're probably all aimed at me in some derogatory way, but let's hear them. You think too highly of yourself. That's fine. His first all- thing in red is, Hello, Gundam crew. I have been a longtime listener, so if one of my two questions has been answered in one of the plethora of shows you guys have done, sorry for the waste of time. It's no waste of time, Captain America. <laughs> then he says in white, what relationships in Mecha would you like to have as canon? As an example would be Amaro and Sela at the end of MSG being my favorite. Sure, that's fine for me. Amaro and Sela, I'm being lazy now. <laughs> man, you can't be lazy for Captain America, man. You can't be lazy for that. Uh, Rain, uh, yeah. Uh, Rain and Domon, I've got to say. 
would be the definite one, and I'm pretty sure it's pretty much canon. That's that's my favorite relationship out of all the all the different Gundam series. Uh, probably uh, Tifa and uh, Garen. I always liked that one too because um, you know they really kind of helped each other. Yeah, but he's not talking about relationships that actually happened, ones that did not happen in the oh, anime. So like for, exa- oh, okay. for example, Amro and Sela, which did yeah. not happen in the yeah, anime. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it happened in the book, but not yeah. there. Who Oops. would you like to see hook up? Who did not? Hmm, it's probably uh, I don't know. I would have. Thought I never it really was. thought about it. I, I'd like to see uh, Garrett not be dumb and. Uh, and and not turn down NLL and, and uh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, but but that that, that was <laughs> probably more some. of a that was probably more of a one nighter. But yeah, I still agree with you. And you... I also wouldn't mind seeing just for the hell of it, um, Judo uh, give in to the pedo bear Haman and and see what he was missing out on. You took mine, doggone it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I would. That would have been very interesting. It would have made for um a pretty good uh final fight if uh you know if if, if they. If 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 they were on a, a level where they actually uh, understood each other, I would have saw. I would have thought that would have been far more feasible than him getting together with uh, what's her face. So <laughs> that um, well, he was an idiot. So yeah, what do you pretty expect? Much, pretty much. Well, you could always you could always do the one for the the pedos, uh, Shar and Quest. Oh, could have oh, gave in to her. Ugh. Just saying. I guess my number two one is uh, Amaro and uh, Lala. If if that could have happened, that manipulative bitch. Oh, oh, you hate Lala so much. Well, well not, okay. not as much as not as much as Ronka, but you hate her. She was a <laughs> manipulative bitch. I, I I don't see her that way. Sp- All right, let's move Watch on. Watch Star's counterattack. <laughs> the old old cap he asks in blue. Mm-hmm. If you could permanently make five changes in all of the anime, would you and why? As always, love the show. Good job and continue for America. All right, we will. <laughs> All right, five changes. Uh, one, Destiny never happens. Evangelion <laughs> never happens. Uh, Razafon never happens. Double Zeta doesn't end the way it does. Yeah. <laughs> D- double, double, uh, the first part of Double Zeta and the last part of Double Zeta disappear. Uh, uh, and Seed has a better, original Seed has a better writer and better, dir- better director. Yeah, the, the, the all of Destiny gets a, gets a redo. No, Destiny <laughs> ceases to exist. Destiny oh. is, a, is a sin against existence. Yeah, it's a crime against humanity. It gets written out of the canon. <laughs> it was mentioned in the Nuremberg Trials. <laughs> In, in the 40s. Even The Hague has it on record there. Uh, Odolo, Odolo lives. Odolo lives. That's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. Oliver still dies stupid. <laughs> That's not a change. <laughs> That's the status quo. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Odolo still lives and um, What's-Her-Face dies horribly. No, I still think that that's... I still think yeah. it's... I still think that was better than death. You I know, still think right. that was better than death. You're right, what, man. What's the matter, Silver? No, no reprieve for Emma Sheen. Oh, oh, oh. Emma, Emma gets to live. Emma gets to live. That, that's yeah. a good one. Thank you for, thank you for bringing that up. I, I I've got no, it. I'm gonna uh, throw that in there. No, uh, no mid-season upgrade for uh, season two for Car- Saji Crossroad, where he takes <laughs> over for the uh, celestial being. Saji Crossroad actually becomes King Arthur of Space. Oh, I'll throw, out, I'll throw out one last one. Although I'm sure I probably won't be on five now, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> in in Macross two. Vicky um, oh. picks Ishtar and not Sylvie, because oh. Ishtar was the better choice, and he made yeah. the wrong one. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and uh, what? Well, Dennis lives a little bit longer. He doesn't die till the end, so we could still have more about culture. You don't know anything about this. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Teprog Noob who asks two questions. What are some random resurrections in Gundam that shouldn't have happened, or some random instances of characters? Who get 
hit really, really hard, not die. What comes to mind is Jesus Yamato surviving being run through the face by Impulse's Excalibur. Same thing with Athrin the Baptist and Mayrin Magdalene. Mulaflaga. I can't think of any biblical character connect him to Team Jesus. Yeah, those are all pretty bad. Uh, well, the thing about Jesus Yamato is he got lucky because uh, Shin has bad aim and yeah. he, he hits the spot that would normally be the cockpit in any other mobile suit. But yeah. But is not on the freedom since freedom is at the top of the chest rather than in uh, the middle of the gut. Yeah. But then he was denied victory since Kira pressed the magical turn off reactor button <laughs> <laughs> at that split second. Yeah. And then of course DT. you know, he he also has bad aim because he did hit the cockpit of the goof that yeah. uh, that Athen and Mayron were in, but instead of hitting the cockpit itself, he hit right off to the side of the cockpit, which apparently in seat is enough for you to survive. <laughs> yeah, that that thousand degree uh, beam beam saver. It's just uh, you know, it, it's it's not well, not because at this point he was in destiny. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but it was it had the beam uh, it had the beam thing on it though, wasn't it? Because no, was, that was impulses. Okay. The ship killer ones, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you, those are the top examples. They don't get any better than that. That is true. Well, I mean, uh, it, going outside of Gundam, we we saw a few in the, just recently in the Macross uh, Frontier movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a couple yeah. of near misses, and I'm talking about real near. He, he also asks, "What are your thoughts on some Mecha Musume based shows? Infinite Stratos." Uso Shinki Moon Angel, Strike Witches, LOL. Well, I already mentioned a previous question, Infinite Stratos. Haven't seen the other two. Yeah, Strike Witches, I'm sure if you ask Peter, he'd tell you about it for like 10 hours. Well, no I'm doubt. Sh- yeah, I'm sure his ears are tingling right now. Oh. All right, next, we have EA Net Dude who says, Why do we never hear Solbro's creative catchphrases before a segment anymore? For example, you're listening to the show with more punch than Captain Falcon. That's right, Gundam at MAHQ. He probably ran out of, ran out of examples. It's it's hard to do it and not come off sounding retarded. And uh, I, 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 there's many times where I've fallen on my face. I did one last episode, although this question question That's predates funny. it. <laughs> this question predates oh. the one I did last episode where I, I said I uh, got more. Um, I forget what I said. Something about a vernier. But um, I it, it's I, I try to come up with some and I read them and it's like I, this does not flow off of me right. I I can't do this. So I got to think of some more. If anybody has any suggestions, there were a few that came in. I need to go back and look for them. But uh, yeah. If anything, if you got anybody has any uh, ideas, I'll, I'll be glad to give them a test run before doing an episode. There you go. All right. So next we have EviPen who says. I originally hated the ending of the third Zeta movie, and it just gave everyone a happy ending as opposed to the bittersweet ending of the original series. I hated this ending thinking it took away the shock of the conventional kill em all Tamino that we've all been accustomed to. Mm-hmm. But ponder me this, Batman. What if this was just a cruel ending in disguise? As opposed to ending this happily, what if this ending was really just a ruse, and then in fact, instead of saving Camille life, Camille's life, it actually ended hundreds of thousands of lives as a result, it's the butterfly effect. So instead of all of these new characters in Double Zeta and Shark's Counterattack doing what they're doing, they either were never involved or never even existed. You don't have to kill a cast. You can kill off an entire generation of people that could have been. And you look at it in the long run, it seems pretty morbid to me. I think you're thinking too deeply about that. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I, And I doubt Tamino would have been that devious to think that way also, because he seems to be pretty outright when he wants to do his killing. 1980s yeah. Tamino would have been. <laughs> He he just did it probably to collect a check, and you know it's um, he's he's a little bit supposedly he's in a better place now, so he's he's not all doom and gloom as much as he used to be. So 
Yeah. Um, next, we have another question from Teprog Noob, who says, what are your favorite shots from Gundam, as in Pew Pew? Mine was in Seed when Rao shot the bleep out of Flay's shuttle thingy. Trollolol, Jesus Yamato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was pretty bad. I gotta say, I, I, I gotta reference the classic, man. The classic. It's uh, when uh, Kashiria shot her brother in the forehead. That is my favorite shot from Gundam. <laughs> I definitely enjoy, uh, you know, Jesus Yamato having his his ex girlfriend blown up because of his own stupidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it shows how stupid he is, no doubt. But uh, when it comes to to shots, you can't go wrong with the classic example of why you should never bring a knife to a gunfight. Oh yeah, definitely. That is good old good old Michael Trinity. Yeah, especially especially when the other guy is is a, is a crazy jihadist. You know, who's who's well, out he, did, he, did, he didn't bit. know that. Yeah, but yeah. He should have he been he should have been prepared. He Clint Eastwooded that dude so hard and told the other dude to get in his suit. <laughs> Go it, ahead, I'll let you get a head start. It, it might be it might be one of the it might be one of the best scenes in all Gundam. I mean, just the fact of the shock value on the other characters that are just sitting there like, oh my god, <laughs> and then he and then the fact that he shot that man dead and he told the other guy, get in your suit, I'm gonna kill your ass in it. <laughs> And he does. And he does, without question. Man, um, I guess my other one is uh, when, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Lock-On shoots uh shoots uh ali uh not only um not 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 the second lock on but uh during uh the first season where original lock on um gets that shot off on ali oh he's not lock on 1.0 gets that shot it's a tense moment and although he dies as a result it's still a badass shot he he does damage to ali so you know props to him for that and his brother finishes the job in in the in the second season so i think that's another cool moment another one i'll throw out that i doubt anyone else will mention um the the shot when uh, Domon has to do Seki Hatenkyo Ken on oh. the uh, Devil Gundam's cockpit to kill uh, Kyoji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you see that, that scene where um, Kyoji and Schwartz like merge back together like, thank you, Domon, boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's a heck of a shot. That's a badass shot. Well, the, the, another one, it's so good, it's been copied in every other Gundam since, pretty much, is uh, the one in... Um, Zeta, when uh, Camille and Jared shoot each other and the beams hit at the same time. <laughs> so good, it's got to be put in every other Gundam and pretty much every other mecha anime. <laughs> it set the pace. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one that's my favorite for all the wrong reasons. When that mm. dumbass sniper tries to take out Iron Mask. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is so asinine. <laughs> Like yeah, maybe you should have just aimed a little bit lower. That's like, like for the part that's not an iron mask. You didn't think about shooting the chest area? <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's he's, he's he's iron mask, not iron man. Shoot his body, <laughs> you know. I don't think he's got Kevlar on. I, I think I think your um I think your sniper shot would would fit his heart just nicely. But uh, of course, uh-huh. had to go right for the freaking obvious target. <laughs> terrible and sniper. of course we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fo- the most famous shot in anime ever the mm-hmm. last shooting from msg yeah that's yeah. true yeah that that is still that's that's an uh, that is just an iconic uh, iconic shot literally <laughs> well not only that but i like the one when right before then when he's fighting the Jiang and he shoots into the chest and he's like oh my god he's in the head <laughs> <Wrong spot. laughs> 
That was so awesome. You're just like, because you, you know, as the viewer, you're like, wrong, wrong place, dumbass. <laughs> Way to go, new type. I can only imagine his disappointment at that, at that moment. He's, he probably thought for a split second, like, yeah, I finally got him. I got Char. And then the head flies away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Next, we have uh, Nasty Nate again with another, another game question. It says, do you guys ever plan on getting Gundam 0081 for the PS3? I know Chris has tried it out. What about Neo and Sobro? It'd be totally awesome to get some four-player Gundam Gundam co-op. It's really gone down in price. It's $30 with free shipping on eBay and totally worth it. I have already put 145 hours into it. Jesus. Man. But that, that's, I, I keep hearing good things about that game. It's I definitely mean, a solid game and you know it's nice. It has a storyline. It's not just random arcade stages. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the better Gundam games of the last few years and it's a nice change sort of a hearkening back to rise from the ashes for most of the game you're not even using the gundam oh okay you're using gms or different things on the federation side that is on the zeon campaign it's a different story you you start out with junk like a zaku one and you have to steal your upgrades (laughs) awesome well yeah i mean it it just it just it it burns me up to know that we got that shitty ass gun uh, a shitty gundam game for the ps3 in the beginning and all we get now are the dynasty warrior games and a good game like 0081 rolls around and they don't bother wanting to translate it or bring it out here so what about a game like mobile ops oh that that too that too (laughs) and i'm at a record that's like three or four mentions of mobile ops in one episode and it won't be the last it's like it's it's like it's 2007 all over again. Ooh, no yeah, doubt, man. We, we live in the magic. All right. So this has gone on longer than I expected, and there's still a lot of questions left. We're just going to have to cut it off here with this last question from Red Comet 90. Since I missed the Colony Drop call-in show for the four-year anniversary, I figured I'd ask my question here. Since the general most likely won't be on the show to answer this question, what do you guys think he hates more, bronies or war orphans? Oh, without a doubt, war orphans. Yeah, he's, he's made that that claim known. Then I, ha- I have absolutely less respect for him then because it should be bronies. It should be bronies. No question. <laughs> war what if orphans. Bronies became war orphans. Hey, look, man. War orphans can't help what they are. They just happen to be. But bronies, that's all choice. <laughs> that's all choice. And it's the wrong choice. So, yeah. I guess you do have a point there. There so. you go, man. There you go. War orphans should get a pass on this one, General. I hope you know. Wasn't their fault, right? <laughs> Wasn't their fault, man. But them bronies, dude, what? Done. Well, the. There you have it. So I think that's going to wrap up this extended mailbag, and we'll still have quite a bit of questions to go through. Next time, we're going to be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Forgive Gears of War 3 and 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You need to fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only covered major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com. 
and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop and second opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Check it out, Gundam Nation. One of our longtime listeners, Eric Keith, has a new project on the horizon that he needs your help on. On the call-in show, I at the end, I plugged a webcomic I'm going to be working on, or I actually am working on now, where I'm the writer, and a gentleman named uh, Michael is going to be the, the artist. Well, in this webcomic, it is going to be based on the Dreamcast Gundam game called 0079 Side Story Rise from the Ashes. If you've never heard of it before, it was a really awesome first-person Gundam simulator where you played a, a member of the MS Team White Dingoes in Australia near where the uh, initial colony that Xeon dropped had landed and where Xeon, of course, have took, taken over. And you lead a small ragtag team of, of MS pilots and you fight against Dom, Zaku's, a Gof shows up, and uh, at the end you fight some ridiculously overpowered Xeon tank called the Rhino, which was designed before the thing from Igloo, MS Igloo. The comic's gonna be based on that game, and what I'm gonna be doing is getting a group of people together that are fans of what the comic is about, and stick them in the background, and have them be, you know, not main characters, like, you may not even have a speaking part, but what I wanna do is I wanna take you guys from the Facebook group, and from Mecha Talk, and if you're interested, I'll have my email address uh, down below. Send me a, a headshot of yourself, and when we start working on the comic and releasing it in about a year, and you just might actually see yourself in the background. You heard right. If you'd like to be a character in the background of this new manga project, definitely head on over to youtube.com slash channel 609. That's literally channel S-I-X-O-N-I-N-E and view the entire Rise from the Ashes video where Eric explains the whole concept. If you want to reach him by email, send him a message to erictkeith at gmail.com. And if you'd like to see the artwork of the um, artist involved, Mike Fontecchio, visit his DeviantArt account at mr Hayami H-A-Y-A-M-I, dot deviantart.com. We wish Eric and Mike the best of luck with this project, and we can't wait to see how it turns out. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later on. Bye. Where are you, man, and who wants to know? <laughs> the U.S. government, that's who. Like I read by 1984, the government will have tracking devices on all of us. And after that, they're going to jam electrodes in our brains so they can read our memories. <laughs> Gun damn, U.S. government. Gun damn, U.S. government. Without our government, you'd be stuck in Siberia now. Sucking the juice from a rotten commie potato. Let me tell you something. If the U.S. government decides to stick a tracking device up your ass, you say thank you. And God bless America.
All right, everyone. Uh, so concludes episode 90 of Gundam at MAHQ. In this episode, we did uh, the second Macross Frontier movie, The Wings of Goodbye. And uh, in our second segment, we had our uh, fourth quarter 2011 uh, mailbag uh, adjustment or up catch up. So uh, we definitely went up there and uh, got up to us, I think, about mid-October. So we'll be uh, continuing back on with having the mailbag at the end of the segment like we did, like we do from this point on next episode. So Chris Solbro, uh, any Capcom news or any, uh, any, mech, any, any MHQ news, Chris? Well, yes, as a matter of fact. Um, I kind of feel like a broken record now because I've talked about this on the other shows, but we have a Google Voice number set up so you can leave us a voicemail for the podcast and we'll throw it in with the show. You suck! So the... You could say that. The number you want to call is 305-792-8324. Again, that's 305-792-8324, which, as the foul sorceress uh, pointed out, spells out 305 SWAT fag. <laughs> and I assure you that was completely unintentional because that's a hell of a vanity name that I would not want. But if it helps you remember the number, by all means, 305 SWAT fag. So SWAT that cigarette out of the person's mouth. Is that what you're, <laughs> what you're saying? Possibly. Anyway. Or, or call it the police. Kind of, kind of an ironic uh, thing with, uh, you know, with the uh, Miami uh, area code. <laughs> SWAT bag. Yes. SWAT bag. So, <clears throat> is he the, the leader of the of the Metro Day Police uh, SWAT team? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> he just came out. Now, here's the thing. As I've mentioned on Chaos Theater and Laplace's box, we only have this one number for all three shows. So, at the very beginning of the message, it's imperative that you specify which podcast you're calling about in this case Gundam then say your name and leave your message it's also imperative that it be under four minutes we don't we do not want to hear uh, a 10 minute message about something because the whole point is to include it in the show a little extra maybe get in one or two calls per episode depending on how many we get so brevity is important and if you can't keep it short enough we will either not include your message at all or edit it down for time constraints Please, please make it short, because I, I, I hate editing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so please call us. Leave us your comments. 305 SWAT fag. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we'll, we'll put them in the show. I'd also uh, like to mention that finally, finally, after a very, very, very long delay, Laplace's box is finally in iTunes. Uh, hit episode five, huh? Yeah, so please... Subscribe to us on iTunes, review us, leave us comments, all that fun stuff. Well, awesome. Congratulations, Laplace's Box. You finally made it. And also, of course, uh, special congratulations to Andres and his wife on the birth of their son. Absolutely. Master Which is why grade. he had to uh, sit out the show last episode, and I stepped in with good old Jabman, so you should check that out as we talk about model kits. What, what grade did he have his son? Was he master grade, perfect grade? Uh, well, since since he's a newborn, I guess he's no grade right now. He'll tech. level up over the years. <laughs> <laughs> or I, he's probably SD, you could say. SD. There okay, there you go. He's SD. He's a week old. He's SD. Oh man. Well, congratulations to him and and, and for young Gabriel guys, coming into see, the world. He's got a um. See, got a beam saber or anything or uh, beam shank. Come out. 
come out with the I, I don't know. But uh, from my estimation, this is probably the first MHQ baby, so there you go. Oh, man, that's awesome. MHQ baby, huh? Poor kid. He's going to have to deal with trolls for the rest of his life. Yeah. He'll, be, so. he'll, be, he'll be well seasoned. Well, Uncle Chris will, will, uh, will set him up for that. Damn right. And Damn give him right. the tools you he will needs. Train him. You'll train him well. You'll take him out to the waterfall and train him like Master Asia did the Domo, right? I'll take him to the waterfall and show him M. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not where you want to be. Hopefully he doesn't lose his sight. The hate is so bright. <laughs> so that's that's it as far as uh, my announcements. Sober. Capcom news outside of the biggest one we know. Oh boy. Um, I'll say I'll say that stuff for Shinjuku Fight Club. But um, I just want to introduce a, a little mini segment to the end of uh, Gundam. What I'll be doing from here on out. Um, Sobro shoutouts. That's right. I've got a few shout-outs to give, of course, to the Gundam Nation. Haven't you, haven't you always done this? <laughs> I, 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 I've done it intermittently, but I've never done it consistently. But I'm going to try my best to do so now. Um, I definitely want to give a shout-out to the Gundam Nation, all our listeners and, and, and supporters of the show, uh, and the haters, too. You get the word out. I also want, we haven't done this in a while, but I also want to give my shout-out to the troops. Uh, we used, uh, if anything, we, we get uh, input from them from every so often. And um, I remember a, a listener, especially named uh, SOCL, which I guess we haven't heard from in a long time. I thought of this because Veterans Day just passed, and I wanted to to, to, to thank all the veterans, whether you're in service now or or have been in service up uh, throughout the course of your life. And thank you very much for for your uh, for your work and for the time that you committed to that. And for any troops that are listening, thank you. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the DK fan club. Apparently, DK is a hit. <laughs> Sir, Sir Gawain. I, I don't know why, but he's a hit, and uh, people love him. And uh, the legend of Sir Gawain is popping off. Of course, shout outs always to Jack Porkins, the most obscure Star Wars character. And I'm out. Why, why are you shouting out to him? <laughs> Just because I can. <laughs> you, you might as well shout out to Salacious Crumb. There you go. <laughs> when it comes to obscure characters. <laughs> is that going to be part? Is that part of the Solbro shout out segment? Is it always a shout out to some obscure, always, obscure o- character? Always a shout out to up. exactly man to some obscure character. That's a potential Solbro's man, like Jack Porkins. Got wasted so quick, but right. um, that's it for my shout outs. Well, like always, I keep my open invitation to Sir Bay and the Admiral. Mm-hmm. You're always welcome. And I realize if you don't want to do it with Solbro and Chris, so uh, I can just we can just do it alone because you'll get a fair and balanced interview. <laughs> And uh, always uh, su- uh, support our sponsor now, which is just Champs. Unfortunately, Petco uh, had to go for whatever reason. And uh, But definitely Champs, and we're coming into the holiday season, so if you're not spending all your money on video games and stuff like that, and anime, you might want to go pick up some uh, you know, some sporting goods stuff or some uh, shoes and maybe that NBA jersey <laughs> to reminisce. <laughs> or maybe that, uh, that pet that you used to buy stuff from at Petco ate your old shoes, so you have to get new shoes. Exactly, especially puppies like to do that. And um, yes, definitely, there's some great deals there, and uh, you know, jerseys and stuff are always a good, good Christmas gift for the sports fan in your life, but um, if there's if that's it, then uh, we'll be getting going here, and well, we'll well, don't don't forget these um to visit. oh oh yeah forget that they, I forgot well, yeah, don't you, forget you, you screwed me up with the the uh, shout out section I was all fucked now okay Solbro do you have any last words for us well I I do have these websites that people should definitely visit head on over where the magic happens M A H Q That's the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right, it's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes. 
Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the Movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. And back to you, Neo. Back to man, you. That, man, that was long. Longer than the mailbag episode <laughs> segment. All right. Well, that so concludes episode 90 of Gundam at MHQ. We'll be back in a few weeks with episode 91. Yes, we are getting old, but we are like wine. We're only getting better with age. So we will see you next couple We're better weeks. with rage. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. If there's nothing I want to defend? It just isn't natural. Then who are you defending? I'm fighting for the one person who saved my life. That's it? That's your reason? Yes, we all need such truths in our lives. Then it means nothing to you that we met each other? Ah! Lala, stop playing around with him. Sure. Captain! Mobile suit? Caswell, you have to fall back! Ah! Ah, Captain, don't do it! But why? No, it's Artasia! Shock, this is it! Captain! Lala! There's a lot of truth in that, Lala. <laughs> I can see time itself. I've done something I'll never be able to forgive myself for. I've killed Lala! Why? Why did this happen? Right now, I'm not good enough to defeat the Gundam. Lala, please show me how. How can I defeat him? Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. A proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. So I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2. For those of you that don't know what Kingdom Hearts 2 is, basically Final Fantasy and Disney decide to get together and f***ing have a f***ed up slipper baby. But I masturbate to f***ed up slipper baby porn, so this works out perfect for me. 
my friends are like, you gotta play this game. You go to Steamboat Willie World. You go to Tron World. You go to Mulan's hometown. You don't even know you want to do that, but you do, and it's so much fun you want to go back. And I trust my friends, because they watch Disney Afternoons. They like gargoyles and Darkwing Duck and DuckTales and Gummy Bears and all those important pieces of animation that we all know and love. So I trust my friends, and I play Kingdom Hearts 2 without even knowing what happened in Kingdom Hearts 1. I know what you're thinking. MC, that's crazy. You don't know the exposition. You don't know what happened. I know. I'm a rebel gamer. That's how I do things. I go into it blind without knowing what the f*** going on. Because I love Japan, they got lobster colon, panties with dookies and vending machines, I love it. So I play this game, and for like four million years, I'm stuck in this town called Hollow Bastion. And I'm not even the main character, I'm Roxas, the main character is Sora. And I keep having dreams about the main character. Meanwhile, Tony Soprano's in a coma. There's no instant gratification. I'm getting a little bored. But my friends are like, keep playing. Keep playing. Eventually, Disney characters are coming out of every orifice. It's awesome. Just stick with it. So I do. And I go to the bulletin board. And I look at all the jobs. I do all the errands. And I get enough money to buy a train ticket. To get on the dope-ass Disney train. To go to the fun part of the game that's bullshit it took me like four years i didn't see so much as a sebastian the crab for like a hundred millennia meanwhile you're playing resident evil 4 and it's like bitch zombies coming up the hill right now shoot him in the head shoot him grab the shotgun you don't need to load it we did that shit for you what are you pressing select for you don't have time to make a profile bitch zombies in the room his axe is on fire he killed your parents shoot him in the head Shoot him in the head! And then you go back to Kingdom Hearts 2 and it's all these really lame cutscenes. They're in the back alley. They're all, it's all anime bullshit with their hands on their hips. And they're like, man, I hope we solve this mystery. And nothing happens. Meanwhile, you go back to Resident Evil 4. It's like, bitch, this ain't a cutscene. Press A. Press A. You don't have time to smoke a bowl. You're still playing. Jump, Gypsy. Come on, jump. The president's daughter's been kidnapped. It's up to us. 